Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the Mark Order Podcast. Part of the Shining Wizards Network. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I think that's it. I don't know. On the internet? On the internet. Live to one person at this moment. It's all good. Oh, um, let's see. Aunt Money here for you on a Wednesday night. Kate the Great's here. Hello, Catherine. I don't know a Catherine, but I'm oh, Kate, right. and I'm here. You got the Kate. sniffles over there? No, no. Oh, you, had, you just keep looking. I had uh, yawned, and, uh, you know, that was about it. What's up? Yeah, and filling in tonight, uh, Asian Joe's back. Special hitting, hitting, hitting for Ryan, 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 Asian, Asian, Joe, Joe, Joe. That's right. God's going wild. So this is my third time on here now. So do I? Is there a like a pinning ceremony? Do I get like a members only jacket at some point? I mean, all members get a jacket. But it's true. You know. You're working your way toward contendership, Joe. That's what's happening. It's true. We'd love that for you. <laughs> uh for those wondering, maybe, um, hey, where's Ryan? Uh well, uh Ryan uh unfortunately was online uh speaking ill uh of uh, the program, some of our woes, maybe troubles that we've had in the past. So uh, ownership took, uh, you know, took some umbrage with that. And he has uh, been suspended indefinitely. Although we don't comment on personal matters here, we do look forward to hearing uh, Ryan's voice uh, soon. So, yes, Uh, there's a lot of people saying it's an unnecessary suspension. And I disagree with them. I, I don't care if it's something that was noted you know, with an accompanying graphic, or if it was almost just like a factual statement that was included in notes, uh, Ryan deserves to be suspended uh, for the puns, if for no other reason. So we care about the quality of the presentation that we bring here. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it at that because I don't want to get into the legal about it, you know? Yeah, especially without our legal representation here. That's right. Um, yeah. Joe Walsh was here last week. Yeah, we, we got we got a double a double Joe though, a double. That's right. A double shot of Joe's back to back. Some might say this is a better Joe, but I don't know. 
I'm partial to both. One joke, one joke can give us legal advice. That's true. Although, as he, I think, said, it's not legal advice. No. He gave some legalese up front. Right. It uh, was very lawyery. I think we should call him non-Asian Joe. Because he's not Asian, to, oh. to our knowledge. No, he's not Asian. And I think the whitest thing you could do is refer to somebody as, like, Asian and not Asian. I think that's about as ignorant and stupid as you can get. So I think we should do it. <laughs> could you call him Joe Legal? Oh, okay. Or legal Joe. 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 Uh, legal? I'm trying to think. There's nothing like smart Mark Sterling. You know what I mean? I'm not going to call him smart Joe Walsh. That's not. That's an oxymoron. No. And I think he'd appreciate me saying that. But yes, Asian Joe is back. Thank you for uh, being here with us tonight, Joe. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, so what's, uh, what's new? Uh, Kate, let's stop with, stop at you first. What's new? What's going on? I'm just very tired, but I'm good. Mm -hmm. I had my double shot at Excite Wrestling. I saw both of Kevin's boyfriends, which was fun. Yeah. I saw Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. Uh, and then I got to sit in with Kevin on Monday and then there's just so much happening, Ant. We got um, New Japan in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Denver for podcast movements. And it's just busy. It's a busy little end of the, the old summer. But looking forward to... I'm looking forward to that New Japan show. I've been on such a New Japan high of this G1. It's been really, mm. really good. So I dig it. Yes, it's uh, Super Juniors, right? Yeah, they're the there's... They're just so super, and so super, they're super, and so junior, and so junior. That's what next Saturday, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, not we'll this, but the one after. So it's Saturday the 19th in Philadelphia. That is correct. Oh. And then they're doing a multiverse show with impact on the other side of it. So I'm debating whether to sneak into that or not. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. And and you said Denver for a podcast movement? That's the name of the conference I'm speaking at. Oh. Um, I look forward to that, too. That's like it's a it's one of the more well attended and reputable ones. So I'm going to let Joe know when I'm out there and figure out my dates and my flights and stuff, because. I got some conflicting information, so we'll find out. But uh, I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to kind of um, start to do more stuff like that. I have another one in September, and it's just kind of nice to connect with people about the podcasting side of things. I'm intrigued to see how many people in the audience, because there's other like wrestling podcasters there, like Conrad's group is there and stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how many? People are just going to be like, what the hell is this woman talking about when I talk about wrestling at all? And how many people are going to be like Marks that don't care about podcasting? I'm very intrigued to see, like, see kind of what the, the split is. But looking forward to that. And looking forward to going to Denver, too. I really want to go to Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. Is it open again? Bonita. It's not open yet. It's not no. open yet? It's been closed for a while. Wait, I thought they opened it because they were going to pay all their servers fairly or whatever. They do. They did. So Matt and Trey did buy it, but I don't think it's open yet. I think they're still working to get it back open. 
Casa Bonita. Okay, I'm going to the website right now. I'm going to go whether it's open or not. It's just like taking a trip to Mecca, right? You just got to. Yeah, I just want to observe and pay my pay my respects. <laughs> Wait, I think it's open. No, me. Okay. So, sign up here to be the first. Oh, to get tickets in the latest news. Oh. Wait. Okay. We're going to find out. We will we find out. Uh, by the way, by the way, just so uh, you guys know, apparently um, there are people chatting along. It's just not pulling through to StreamYard right now. So I don't know why. So if you're chatting along with us, uh, we can't see you right now. But thank you That's for so weird. watching and listening. It's telling us nobody's watching, but somebody just sent me a thing like, you guys see this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, That's so weird. You you guys don't see anything, right? It's not or no. it's not me. Okay. That's some insider shit. Uh well, thank you uh to you guys who are watching. Maybe at some point StreamYard will catch up. Uh Kate, uh who can we reach out to about that? Would that also be Doc? Yeah, I think that would be Doc Mueller. Uh he's oh, all things tech and IT and he can fix our StreamYard as well as like if you if you want to be smart about all in and all out being back to back weekends streaming on Bleacher Report, just find out now. Like just get ahead of it now. Um, DM him in advance so that he can guarantee that your app won't break. Please, please just get at him. Well, anyway, thanks for everybody who's uh, watching along. Just wanted to uh, let you guys know we're not ignoring you. I don't know who's watching, but apparently you're watching. So thank you. Um, yeah, sure. Well, Kate, good for you on all of the podcasting stuff. Um, <clears throat> have a lot of hand sanitizer. Uh, when you're in Denver, since it's not really a thing anymore, like, you know, oh, smoking legal weed because we've got it here in New Jersey. I think like psychotropics, not psychotropics, maybe psychedelics are legal in Denver. Like you might be able to do mushrooms. So I don't smoke weed. Doesn't matter. You can eat it. But like, I I feel like I'm cutting the line if I go right to psychedelics. <laughs> Why? Totally different space. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe all the amazing commercials from the '90s that were like, it's a gateway drug to psychedelics, and then death, probably. Um, oh, you're right. I forgot about the eventual death. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to that, and also just like to get out of the area a little bit change of scenery i haven't had one in a while not like in a, a real way like beyond a beyond a road trip kind of scenario sure. it's been a while so and I mean, you did go to it. toronto i did go to toronto but god that i did not spend time in toronto you know yeah. <laughs> it was like wrestling show wrestling show wrestling show three wrestling shows in two days so no complaints to denver but. before I went to Denver once. Okay. Uh, my sister, when she lived in California, was driving cross country. And I was, I had a friend in Denver and I was like, well, why don't I meet you? So you don't do the drive alone. And that could be really fun. I got to spend a little bit of time there before. It's so beautiful. Like I was there late fall, I think. And it was just like perfect weather, gorgeous scenery. It's so incredible how the downtown just ha like has the mountains behind it. You don't get that view <laughs> in a lot of places in the Northeast, that's for sure, where you're like, oh, cool, the corporate air. Oh, my gosh, there's stunning mountains in back. So 
uh, looking forward to to going back there and hopefully having a little exploring time. I got to see if the the Rockies are in town so I can knock a baseball park off the list as well. That would be fun. Hell yeah. Wait, I feel like we... I could hit a home run. You know what I mean? Maybe. Just Rocky Mountain High, baby. That's it. Uh, when When is that? Uh, the 23rd through the 25th are the conference dates. And then I'm going to take time on the beginning and end a little bit, I think. Just kill that week and enjoy myself. It's kind of close to the end of the season. I mean, right? ish. Yeah, we go into well into September, though. Well, you know, I don't know how the Rockies are doing this year. As much ba- as much as I love baseball, it's been harder for me, I feel like, to stay on top of it because the games are so short. Every time I go to turn on a game, I'm like, game's on. It's only midnight. Nope, nothing's on. Everything's it's, over. It's pretty wild because yeah. the Yankees have been so terrible. Like, I just am. Yeah. I'll watch, but I'm I'm pretty bored. Um by how bad the Yankees are, how, how expensive and bad they are is actually impressive. Yeah, well, paying New York New York salaries. That's true. And I've been doing my yoga. Oh, and I've been staying right. vegan. Namaste. Last week I was all like, I was all tilt whirly because I was like two days into it. But this week I'm much more even keeled. So yeah. see, I'm myself. It's good. Good. <laughs> Self care. Self-care. That's right. Joe, what have you been up to? Well, I'm currently looking up the Rocky schedule, and they're out of town. <laughs> mm. So, sorry about that. Um, not Any preseason football. True. That's coming up. It's true. Keep that. Keep an eye out for that, Kate. Preseason Denver Broncos. That could be very fun. I don't know why, but <laughs> you could cry. Because why not? You know what I mean? I guess. Why not? But okay. No, I got to. I got to start my day at work, uh, hanging out with some dogs for for pet therapy at the, at one of our hospitals. So that was fun. I'm I got so my, jealous. Got pet owed a lot of dog petting in there. So yeah. What kind of dogs? They were just like your basic yellow and chocolate lab. Okay, love that. Love that for you. But yeah, after I, that, you know. Any cereal blog posts I should know about? Not right now. I need to do some this weekend. I know our friend SJ has sent me some cereal from the great country of Canada. That's awesome. I need to do. So there's like a Tim Hortons cereal and something else. Which she may or may not be mentioning in the chat right now because we can't see the chat. Can't see. (laughs) Can't see. That's so weird. It's so stupid that you can't, that we can't see the chat. It's one of my favorite. I know, and I want to double check because, like, we are live on Twitter and stuff. Oh, we're live, pal. We are oh, certainly live. live. Well, hopefully it'll come through. It makes things more fun to see people chatting along. But it does. Well, I think, that's fun, Joe. Sorry, didn't mean to. Cut oh, you. I was just gonna say. I think because Ryan's not here, he's like, if I can't acknowledge the chat, nobody can. You know, we're just we're not even gonna acknowledge Ryan. We're just not. He's, he's indefinitely, indefinitely suspended. That's right. And we don't comment on personal matters. We look forward to hearing his voice on air again soon. That sounds. That is our network's official stance. That that sounds very legal. Very legal. I'm just telling you what I'm allowed to say. May or may not have been approved by Joe Walsh for all we know. 
But Aunt, how are you doing? Good. I'm tired. Um, it was a long, uh, a long weekend, but it was a lot of fun. So Joe Walsh was in town because we went to see Metallica on their no repeat uh, sort of tour. I don't, I don't know what the official tour name is. What is the seventy two seasons world tour or whatever? But the yeah. whole gimmick, yeah, something like that. The whole gimmick of this tour is they're doing. Every stop, two nights, two different sets of openers, no repeats all weekend. I can't confirm there were no repeats except for two things. The, your final warning to, like, get to your seat, Metallica's getting on stage. They've been doing this recently. I think last time I saw them, they did the same thing. They play um, ACDC's Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll, and they roll a little nice. video package. That's how you know if you're in line for like beer or chicken fingers. It's not like women's wrestling, Kate. You got to get back to your seat. Oh, it's not just like a I got to go to the potty and get some chicken tenders break. No, get to your seats because the show's going to start. And then uh, so they did that both nights. And then they also always come out to the ecstasy of gold. Uh, those were the only repeats all weekend. Everything else, the whole set list was unique both nights um but it was a lot of fun uh the only monkey wrench that got thrown into things was on uh, the first night was friday um and it was supposed to rain here uh on friday so we we were going to go do uh, you know a longer tailgate and like hang out but like it was supposed to rain so we kept sort of like putting it on delay so we got there around like 4 four thirty went in to see you know the openers um we had uh little money with us on the opening night uh because we had to take him to see pantera he saw pantera not wholly impressed um don't show him rvd then uh, well <laughs> uh we'll talk about rvd but um then he uh did see uh the xc of gold uh, he saw the first song in the set, which uh, I did have it up, but I forgot. Um, oh, here it is. So night one, uh, he made it through uh, the Ecstasy of Gold, which is the opener. And then the second night, or and then the second song, which I can't find now. I'm sorry. He made it through the second song. He was asleep by the third song. He was asleep. Oh like, no! Out the whole show, and then he woke up close to the end. Uh, I think the intro to Fuel scared him, and he was like, "Huh?" huh, huh. <laughs> and then like fell asleep. That is not what I desire, he said. No, and then he was up for like the last two songs, and then uh, he was awake in the parking lot post tailgate because if you've ever been to MetLife Stadium, you're not getting out of there on time. So we we knew you have at least an hour to wait before you can make an attempt to get out into anything drivable. So we were prepared. We had food, we had drinks, you know, we hung out. But he was awake for the whole hour following the show all the way home and then almost didn't go back to bed. So Of course. He did go back to bed though. So um so night one was enjoyable. Uh Saturday uh, I took the I took a trip with 
Joe and the doctor to Yankee Stadium for Yankees Astros. We did not feel nice. good about that game. We wound up seeing a win. Uh, it was awesome to see how many uh, Astros fans dug their Verlanders jersey out of the mothballs. <laughs> um, but that was a that was a surprise win. We also stopped in Tribeca at the Ghostbusters Firehouse. I had never been there. You've never been. Never been. That was the first time. Oh, okay. It, uh, it looks great in person. Um. Whoa. What is going on? Kate's now in the dark. Oof. I don't know. I think Daphne stepped on my white girl light. There oh, go. good. I thought something strange was happening. Seriously, something strange in the neighborhood. I said, I know who you can call. Um, so did that Saturday. And then Sunday did not have uh, the little one. So we were able to do like a full day of tailgating from like 1.30. Well, you brought Matt. So you had a child with you. It was like having a child. Um... It was like having a child. So, but it was a lot of fun. I've gone to events with Matt before. I know, I know what that looks like for you. Yes. Um, and I would say you're very brave. It was pretty brave. Um, but yeah, it was a lot. It was a ton of fun. It was just, whoa, where, what is happening? (laughs) Hi. I'm so alive. This dog is being a menace. She doesn't have the shits like a couple weeks ago, but she's being a menace. Yeah. Okay. Can you relax, please? Hi. Yes. I took you out for like a half hour before. Let's calm down. So, yeah, that was uh, that was the weekend. It was it was a lot of fun. No repeats. Uh, I was telling uh, Joe Kate that there's a there's some reviewer on NJ.com who said that the first night they were rusty and out of shape um, because they fucked a couple minor things up like Kirk. Messed up the intro to nothing else matters. He was, you know, doing it himself. And then he just kind of stopped and was like, I'm just going to do that one more time. Like, take it from the top. It wasn't good enough for you guys. I'm going to do it again. So he did it. Uh, and there were a couple other things that just sounded off. But again, they're like in their 60s at this point. James just turned 60. Uh, and this was the kickoff of the North American side of the tour. So you give him a little grace for that, right? Night one. And, uh, like, it's Metallica. If you're going for a super clean concert experience, you're there for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? I mean, it was... I didn't have many issues with it. Uh, it was perfectly fine. And the it, set You was, go to Metallica for two reasons. Mm-hmm. You go to rock. That's right. And you go to roll. And it's more like I go to rock and or roll. Most of the time, it's or, not and. Oh, I... I, I mean, two nights... At least one night should be rocking and the other one should be rolling. I I am always adequately prepared to rock. I would hope so. Noah came across my timeline the other day and it's oh one of the most underrated things ever. In Tenacious D <laughs> when he goes I don't know why this guy is so bad. Okay. Because the band has instructed us to tell oh, the audience. Yeah. If you want your asses blown, stay in the room. It's just one of the funniest things in the world that I missed. And I was like, just the, if you want your asses blown, just like stay in the room for whatever reason. Absolutely yeah. fucking get, or prepare to have your asses blown and stay in the room. So I was in stitches when it was like this nerd, like going up to the microphone with his cue cards. Uh, the band has instructed me to tell you. Yeah. I think oh my God. I think it was Paul F. Tompkins in the movie 
Um, but in the show it was some nerd, like you're saying. There was also one they did uh, where I think they talked about coming in your ear pussies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, that was a that was a very funny show. I think I don't know why I have it. Maybe when I was at radio, somebody sent it to me, but I have the like box set of the HBO show they did. It's it's still hilarious. I'm sure it's on Max. I had to look it up. Warning. If you want your asses blown out, stay in the room. (laughs) Why is it so fucking funny? Like you just add that to your to the Mark Order intro. Oh, because then Jack Black comes out with he comes out with an acoustic guitar. I think that's why it made me laugh so hard. It's not even an electric guitar. Yeah, they're like all acoustic. It's very funny. Warning: If you want your asses blown out, stay in the room. <laughs> I don't know why it got me so good the other day, but it did. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the weekend was very fun. Uh, and by the way, that the New Jersey reviewer I was telling Joe Kate, uh, the NJ.com reviewer said of Sunday, um, it was, it was too, the weekend was too safe. Like, I guess he said both shows were mid. It didn't make for one great weekend. And the guy, uh, I think, wanted Danzig to show up for a guest spot because, you know, New Jersey and Danzig. Okay. Uh, He wanted a local string octet uh, to come in to do an S&M version of one of the songs. His choice would have been the thing that uh, should not be, which apparently, to those in the know, a lot of people call the song the song that should not be. Um. And then I think he also said there was something else missing that was really sort of like, what are you talking about? Clown shoes. And he was like, there was too much missing. Like they could have played the four horsemen and they could have played this. I'm like, dude, you called them rusty. Why would you then want to hear them play some of the most challenging songs? By the way, they played ride the lightning. They played blackened. They played master of puppets. They played whiplash. Like, what the fuck do you want him to play? I Oh, he was also very upset that they played two... They played a lot of songs off the new album. Hey, dumb fuck, that's the point of doing a tour. To promote the newest record. I also think... And I've, he's not the only reviewer to do this. But you don't get to review stuff you haven't seen because you're not reviewing it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they should have done X, Y, and Z. You're not reviewing the show that you saw. You're right. reviewing what you decided the experience should be, which right. is incorrect. Like, that's not a review. And that, that shit always bugs me. It was um, hilarious because it was they didn't play enough of the old songs that we sh- we would want to hear. Um, they played too much of the new album, but then says they didn't they ignored songs off of Hardwired to Self-Destruct, which came out like, I don't know six to eight years ago maybe i really don't remember but it's a newer album how long does he want this concert to be don't know but they trust me the sets were really fucking good um this guy was just a total clown so it was very funny because um you know everybody seemed well into it would i have liked now the one thing i said and i and millionaire matt said the same thing as well as you know mrs money and joe walsh it's like, would we have liked to hear one of the Misfit covers? Yes. Maybe a last, my personal choice, Last Caress. 
Die Die My Darling, Green Hill. That would have been cool. It's New Jersey. Play a Misfits cover. Don't play your cover of Whiskey in the Jar. They did. Great song. Everybody was into it. Like, it got everybody going. But, you know, it's okay. It was a lot of fun. And they sounded good. So, that's all you can ask for. So, there you go. A lot of fun. I'm glad. And now, uh, so I took Monday off. I took Friday off and I took Monday off. So, I was catching up. Yesterday, I was catching up on two days of being out. But now I'm out next week for vacation, like the whole week. So now I'm crunching uh, everything possible into four days that could happen sort of over the next two weeks. So it's it's, it's been a long show. Chaos. Utter chaos. The Sioux chaos. Chaos. That's right. The founding member. That's right. That's right. Remember, what did we make Matt admit? Because I was right. In my third guess at Shinsuke Nakamura being a founding member of Chaos, didn't we have, make him admit something? Oh, that Sue was a founding member. That was the deal. But he said was, he would never admit it. That was yeah, the he, weird thing. He's like, I'll agree to it, but I'll never say it. I was like, then what the fuck was the point of this? Yeah, why did you test my founding member of Chaos knowledge, if only to leave Sue out? Some bullshit, He's I tell a weird you. Bird. Weird bird that, that millionaire Matt about it he's not is he he's not going to the super juniors is he no bummer no well anyway that's what's going on we can't see if you're chatting to us so i'm sorry um we'll talk should we just make up stuff like yeah (laughs) what a silly comment jesse ozog i guess hi jesse I'm going to just say hi. I'll do it in the midpoint of the show, too. Just <laughs> So, guys, what do you say we talk a little bit of the wrestling that happened uh, last week uh, that, honestly, I really didn't get to see? But I, did, I do know what happened, so this isn't a surprise for me. But I heard very good things about Rampage and Collision. I saw some people saying this might be the best Rampage they've seen in a long time. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but seemed like there was some good buzz about Rampage this week. It was kind of a strong week, I feel like, under the entire umbrella. Because ROH had a much, much, much better week than they had to. It kind of feels like they've they've kind of re-grasped what they need to do on a higher level to make all four of these brands function properly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought I thought Rampage was really strong. I don't get to watch it in real time anymore, but it was really, really good. The parking lot brawl was fantastic. Um and collision was really really strong except i don't like what they're doing with punk like i um i i want punk to be heel i can i can get into him as a tweener but they like babied him they baby faced him hard at the end of dynamite and that i feel like does not work with cm punk but Mm. the match itself and the rest of collision leading into that was fantastic i was watching that and SummerSlam at the same time and collision just um I was like trying to keep my attention on both, but between sure. Christian's promo as a as a role model for his kid uh, who was not credentialed, and he yelled at her to get out of there, and the in ring mm-hmm. action that was going on, it was it's been it was a really really strong week for for AEW last week, and I felt I felt tonight like Dynamite was really good too. So it just seems like they're rolling, which is nice. But yeah, good to see like the the offshoots performing well. Well. F- I'm sorry, Joe. Were you gonna? I didn't mean to step. No, on. I. 
I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm hoping that they can carry that forward. And it's not just because they're building towards this, you know, big week they have and with all in and all out. So I'm hoping that it's, it'll carry beyond that, um, this momentum they have going. Well, that's the hope, right? Like, you don't want it to just be like, hey, it's just because we're building to something and then we're just going to be like, fuck it. It's nothing. So, well, either way, Rampage uh, saw Keith Lee and the Hardys defeat the Blade, Kip Sabian, and the Butcher. Uh, The Kingdom also talked about their history in Ring of Honor with Adam Cole, so we're continuing that sort of storyline with Adam Cole. The Bucks uh, do a pro... Thank you, Kate. The Bucks do a uh, promo backstage where they say it's time to get back into the tag team division, and that's where the Hardys sort of come in and challenge them to the match that they had tonight, which we will talk about in the second portion of this program. Uh, Anna Jay defeated Sky Blue, which was sort of a shocker to me when I saw that uh, because it seemed like they were really riding high on Sky Blue. Clearly now, though, it set up uh, the match we get tonight, and we'll find out why we even got the match tonight. Um, We knew it was for the championship, but more went into that. So, again, second half of this program, we'll get into it. Uh, So, But uh, even, like, look what you're saying there. Things on Rampage had to do with tonight's Dynamite. We haven't seen that in a while. Like, it's refreshing. (laughs) Yes, good point. I haven't even thought of that. Uh, Chris Statlander cut maybe one of the best promos I think I've ever seen uh, while she was squatting uh, <laughs> Renee Paquette, which was a lot of fun. She's got she has a match uh, on collision against Mercedes Martinez. Uh, they did a segment from the parking lot where they let us know that Pack is injured uh, and will be out for an extended period of time. I want to I want to talk about that. We'll swing back to it though. I'm just sort of getting through the results. We saw A.R. Fox in his bloody uh, Nick Wayne T-shirt and Swerve Strickland defeat Logan Cruz and Tayshaun Perez. Clearly just a squash job, but nothing wrong with that. Latest edition of QTV. Um, Big Bill and Brian Cage cut a promo where they had a match against FTR on collision. And then we're into the main event where we see the Blackpool Combat Club defeat the best friends in, um, in the parking lot brawl which had just about everything you could ask for. Uh, We did get Sue. Uh, We had Orange Cassidy show up, but it wasn't enough uh, to keep the Blackpool Combat Club at bay. And that set up a match with them tonight at at Dynamite. So swinging back real quick to the pack stuff, I haven't really been able to see anything out there on if that's real. I mean, I would assume it's real because they really don't do worked injuries a lot. Um, but they seem to be talking about him a lot. So it's like I'm almost like maybe he's not. But if he is, man, what what is going on? We can't keep this guy healthy. It sucks. It really sucks if it's before Wembley and we can't. That's I'm hoping it's a work, but you're right in that they they really don't do that. Um, and they kind of just clamped down on even trying to do that in in matches, right? Like, they were like, Brian Danielson, knock it off, okay? Nobody thinks it's funny when you sell your concussions and your seizures. Um, but it is, if it, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm not hoping he's injured. I'm hoping maybe he's injured and it can be a close call at Wembley, and that's why they're keeping him in the conversations, I would hope he would at least appear because I feel like they were, he came back in such a big way and uh, 
it would just be such a shame if he didn't appear at all. I'm kind of hoping the same with Jamie Hayter too. Like it would be nice just to give these people their due in front of their home crowd if they can't perform. So fingers crossed. Uh, it would be very, very cool if that's who Kenny ended up with was Kenny versus Pac, which would make sense because they were on opposite sides of the fence, right? For the blood and right. guts. So that would be cool if Pac was okay and they set him and Kenny up, but uh, we will, we will see. It's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, Joe, what are your thoughts? You think it's a work? I don't, I don't know if it's a work. I would probably doubt there's a work. I'm guessing my gut tells me it's like 98% not a work. And like, like Kate said, I hope that maybe they, they can do a run in or something to, you know, at least appear and, and have an effect on the match, even if they can't go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame where they are with a lot of these injuries at the moment, right? Because it seem it's just terrible timing. It seems to be anybody you could say, let's get in Wembley. Like this is a perfect time. Pac, you know, Jamie haters hurt. And there are some places out there saying that the earliest date they have for a possible return is February of 2024. Holy fuck. Uh, you know, cause apparently she's got a lot more wrong with her than they initially thought. Like they found out she's been working with more injuries, maybe almost like Kenny Omega, not to the same level of extent where it's going to require as many surgeries and stuff like that. But still, uh, working hurt is working hurt and it takes a toll on your body after a while. So it just sucks that they're sort of where they are going into all in, in Wembley, even though it doesn't seem to be bothering ticket sales. Um, and we'll touch on that when we get, uh, to news and notes later, but either way, I, now I saw some of rampage up to the parking lot brawl and then I turned it off cause I had small eyes in the room. So, Good idea. Um, yep. <laughs> Good yep. idea to turn it off because it was violence. Claudio mm. ripping a car door off with his bare hands popped me tremendously. Um, Sue, what a champion. Definitely go back and watch it on its... You kind of should watch it on its own. Like, give it give it its attention and its due. But sure. you were wise to get the kid out of there. And I'm not a... John Moxley bleeds too much person, but I am like, okay, we had anarchy in the arena and a blood and guts and a parking lot brawl. They were all really well done. I thought, especially the parking lot brawl. That was actually maybe my favorite of the three of them. Um, just cause I felt like Kota Bushi looked so off in <laughs> blood and guts, right. but I, I am kind of like, you're not building if everything is such a violent blow off. So I, I don't know. It feels a little like we're getting a little bit too heavy into it, but the, the parking lot brawls are because they're cinematic do feel like they have their own flavor. And this one was, was fun. And for a main event of, of rampage, especially, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. I mean, at this point, uh, at this point, I really feel like John Moxley is like, modern day Abdullah the butcher minus the hep C. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. Listen, I get, I get it. It's, it's, it's not special if you're going to bleed all the time, but you're going to bleed in a blood and guts, right? You're going to bleed in an anything goes match where you have thumbtacks and all that shit. And you're going to bleed in a, in a, um, a parking lot brawl. 
So oh, like, and my issue is not him bleeding that much. My issue is that if you have this many blow-offs in a row sure. with the same faction, it doesn't feel like they do kind of anything but this. And I, one thing I love about the Blackpool Combat Club is they are violent, but they are fundamentally very good wrestlers. And I just feel like it's been a little bit lopsided, and it it kind of neutralizes the impact of all that violence if you're seeing it so much like it doesn't you're like oh another thumbtack spot and like that should never be the case like it should never not be mind-blowing that people put dozens of thumbtacks in their back (laughs) you know what i mean so it's it's not moxley bleeding it that much as much as it feels like these blow-offs that normally take months and months to build to i think we've gotten three of them in a very short amount of time and it kind of loses its impact a little bit sure yeah, I mean, I was just calling it the fact the matter of I did see some things online like, oh, shocking, like Moxley is bleeding again. It's like another week, another John. Well, it's a parking lot brawl. What? How is he supposed to not get bloody? You know, it, it's a blood and guts. How's he not? It's in the goddamn name. Yeah. You know, it's like, I get, I get it. I don't need to see him bleed in a one-on-one or a tag match. Like, that makes no sense to see him bleed week after week like that but in these types of matches i get it so the criticism being what it is of him bleeding too much i mean yeah when it's not called for these last three have been called for because of the types of match but i am with you kate i think they're trying to blow off a lot of stuff you know like at the same time <laughs> well they're blowing a ton um but i don't know i i didn't have a problem with uh okay collision i can tell you i did not see any of collision but i do know what happened um you were not a collider this week is that what you're saying no i had to find some time to not collide um understood so we had ftr uh versus big bill and brian cage for the tag team championships ftr retained uh via pinfall uh and a post-match uh, FTR called out the Bucks for the titles to finish the trilogy at Wembley Stadium. So we will look for the Bucks to respond in Dynamite. Uh, let's see. We had uh, Juice and Jay uh, backstage. Um, so we saw our buddies, Kate, backstage. Juice Robinson and not the cardboard version. Yeah. But Switchblade, Jay White. Didn't half cocked. One more time. Oh. <laughs> Let's try it again. I said mm-hmm. Bruce Robinson and Switchblade, Jay White. Much better. Much cleaner. No notes. 10 out of 10. I asked you to do better, and you did right away. Let me try that again. I'm sorry. It was a little rusty. Okay. Uh, Chris, that, that's right. Chris, that they were too safe. Uh, Chris, that <laughs> and, uh, Mercedes Martinez for the TBS championship. Chris Statlander defeats Mercedes Martinez. Um, and after the bell, uh, Martinez was drawing at, uh, at the referee saying she kicked out. She attacked Chris Statlander, which brought out Diamante and she joined in on the beatdown. Well, Nightingale came out to make a save and the heels exit. So maybe we're lining up Diamante for a shot at Chris Statlander um, or maybe a, a tag program or something. Good for Diamante. Good to see Diamante. So, 
as someone that watches and reviews the ROH product, it was really rewarding to see this because on ROH, Diamante and Athena had a fantastic match. And after the match, Athena said uh, to Diamante, Athena's just been like, beat your ass in the ring, beat you down after. She didn't beat down Diamante. And then the backstage, she said, no, you actually have what it takes. You're just missing something. You need to find that thing you're missing. And then on Collision, it felt like we got this immediate payoff of she went and found a friend in Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes is the one that Athena beat for the ROH women's title. So it just felt like, look at this. We're getting some storytelling across ROH into Collision. Like some company higher level views and efforts seem to be in place. And it seems like the women's division especially is getting a lot of investment, which we can talk about tonight too, which is exciting. Yes, we certainly will talk about it because there's a lot going on. We also saw Tony storming curlers beside herself <laughs> backstage on Collision. Uh, we will talk, we'll talk about Tony Storm again. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Serpentico. Shocking. Serpentico comes out with the loser uh, via submission. Uh, and then Joe grabbed the bike and basically uh, challenges Punk to a shot uh at all in the real crime is we didn't get the walkway spot we didn't but did they say this was the shortest match in aw history i can't remember if they said it on commentary but uh, it was 10 seconds it was short <laughs> it was that even for serpentico that match was short joe was so much fucking fun i am pro people named joe mm in my sphere also not asian but in fact samoan samoan joe asian joe lawyer joe that's his heritage well give it the joe you know we could call him white joe but it just doesn't sound right the whole match is as long as a gif on twitter so (laughs) (laughs) i can easily catch that uh let's see we also, there were a bunch of other spots in the middle here, uh, but House of Black versus Action Andretti, Dante, Mar- or sorry, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson for the trio championships. House of Black uh, retains. And next week, uh, it is uh, stated by Ian Riccoboni that Tony Khan booked House of Black to defend their trios titles against CMFTR. So we'll see that next week. Uh, let's see. Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall with Harley Cameron. Powerhouse. Thank you. (laughs) It's been so. You want to know what? It's been so long since I think I've said his name. It's been a long. It's been a minute, and I gotta be honest. Like it just without the chat going, everything feels weird. It really feels weird. It's kind of. Feels like we're screaming into the void tonight. It does. It's a but weird... I, had to, I had to pause you for Powerhouse. Sorry. It's, it's been a lot of... Sammy Guevara. It has been more of that, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to him, too. But mm-hmm. uh, So we get a segment for them. Uh, you know, uh, I don't have the whole thing, but there's a segment. Uh, the guns uh, come out for the match with Jay White versus Metallique. Uh, they do have the Switchblade cardboard or maybe cardboard blade cardboard 
I think they called it Cardblade on the show, actually. Cardblade? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jay White versus Metalik. Uh, Jay White defeats Metalik. Uh, and then main event time, uh, Jim Ross steps in for the call, and we get uh, CM Punk champion? I don't know. I guess. Versus Ricky Starks for the real AEW World Championship, whatever the fuck that is. Um, and don't forget, um, we do have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the enforcer. And it was what we thought, I think, last week, right? He was sort of the referee on the outside to make sure that there's a second set of eyes. Um, so... Uh, anyway, CM Punk does wind up defeating Ricky Starks via pinfall to retain the real AEW world title. Again, whatever that is. Um, uh, and so Steamboat uh, raises Punk's hand. Uh, they start to make their way out of the ring, and that's when uh, Starks, you know, gets them both. Um, and, um, you know, Punk uh, is able to uh, make the save uh, with a chair. Uh, at one point, Punk is calling for Doc Sampson. Starks comes back out to the ring w- with the belt. Uh, Punk leaves the ring to chase him away, throws a chair at him. Um, and they're speaking, uh, apparently, from what I see, the, the commentary was really concerned with the dragon's condition. Punk was really pissed off. Um, and uh, Nigel McGuinness is insinuating that this was all because of CM Punk. This was sort of his fault. So um, Steamboat selling, music plays. You know, we get CMFTR and House of Black next week, and and that's the end of the show. Um, So it sounded like a good show. I I saw a lot of good stuff out there, but I'm going to be honest. I'll watch this, but what is going on with this stupid fucking belt? I mean, they just started the angle, so I'll give it time. But I... Right, right now, I think it's supposed to be something for Ricky Starks and CM Punk to have quarrels over, which makes sense. Um, episode was great. What you didn't have in your rundown there is the most important part of anything that happened on Saturday night, which was Christian giving a promo where he said, as TNT champion, <clears throat> uh, he realized he's a role model, not only for his own daughter, who's sitting right there, standing right there, um, but for children all around the world. And she asks if she can touch his belt. And he says, you can't put your hands on a belt. You didn't win. And then it goes, go find your mother. And then yells to security, she's not credentials. Right. When I tell you, I almost (laughs) fell off the couch watching this promo. Christian is so fucking perfect at this angle. Um, It was my favorite thing that happened at either that or SummerSlam. I was... I, I watched it back twice because I was just in hysterics about it um, with the sincerity that Christian's operating with the shit. It's so funny. And the fact that Luchasaurus is just like in the background, I can't like it's so good. Um, I wish Christian were a fighting champion, though. The ending I hate. Uh, the It was poorly executed. Ricky Starks tried to cheat so blatantly. With Steamboat there, it was not sneaky in the slightest. It looked really bad. And then, I will say Punk throwing a chair up the ranch at a running away Ricky Starks was pretty good. But the whole ending just felt very off to me. Like, 
Punk is a, a baby baby face does not work. And there's no bigger baby baby face than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, like maybe in right. history. So this did not go. It, it doesn't work for me with Punk being a face. And it doesn't feel like the story that they're telling with the title works with Punk being a face. Like that's a very, very, very heel thing to do. It worked in that Ricky Starks got a ton of heat out of it. Like crowd was booing. Uh, Ricky Steamboat sold extremely well, I thought, considering that he's 70 years old and was selling this really weird spot. Uh, but Punk getting babied out of this of like, that's not how you treat a legend. It just feels so generic and vanilla to me for Punk. Like even when Punk's a, a face, he needs something a little grittier than this. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we get there moving on from this and also am not blind to the fact that Samoa Joe challenged Punk at Wembley and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was there for their third uh, match in ROH. So maybe there's there's more fun to be had there. It was just a nice nod either way. But uh, I, I loved this whole episode other than the ending of the main event. So <laughs> take what you will from that. Like that's that's kind of a bummer to love like an hour and 58 of a show, except for what should be the most important part of it. But good stuff happening with the women. That was really refreshing to see. Tony storm was hysterical in her curlers um, and really, really good matches across the board. Like this is fun. I'm looking forward to the trios match and Wembley starting to shape up to be a, a nice card. I, I really like it. Yeah. Wembley certainly is shaping up. We get some more of that tonight in dynamite. We'll talk about it. Um, Joe, what's your whole take on the this real title? Like, is this for you? Does this work? Does it not work? What do you think? I'm in wait and see mode. It's just like it is early, and it's not. It's a a carrot for Starks and Punk, like Kate said. But I feel like you know it's obviously a, a longer story of it being involved in whether he puts it up against you know, maybe Kenny in the future or MJF in the future. So it's definitely one of those, you know, long play things. Um, the thing that I question most is really between the feud of Punk and Starks is at the end of the feud, is it going to help Starks like it should? I feel like he won the cup. He should be, you know, this feud should help elevate him, but I feel like it's not going to do what it should do for him. And Punk is going to get the win and, you know, move on to the next story. And then Stark will go back to kind of fighting for like a TNT championship or something. Yeah, it's valid. I mean, it just, it's just weird. It seems like CM Punk's involved with so much shit. Like he's got this going on, right? And um, next week he'll be in the trios title picture. With the House of Black, that's a whole separate thing. And now Samoa Joe's calling him out for all in. It's a whole different thing, you know. Sure, Ricky can weave his way in and out of this stuff to cost him something, or you know, just to stick his nose in his business or whatever. But like, I don't know. Are we are, are we also spreading CM Punk a little thin here too with so much stuff? I mean, I get it. He's like, I guess the quote unquote face of this brand of the show, but like. There, there is something to be said about him not having to be so involved in so much. And again, I get it. We're building to a pay-per-view, so we have to sort of get to the to all in. So we're going to have to line that up with Joe. But, like, do we need to get House of Black versus CMFTR for the trios titles next week? Like, does that really need to happen? 
even FTR, they're now sort of involved in a build to all in. So why is this match even necessary? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we're starting to spread some of these guys a little thin and there's other talent we could be using in some of these spots. Well, I do think it's tricky with the trios because there's not a lot of trios on collision. And that seems to be a, a trio anchored thing. And then in the promo that punk cut either on social media or whatever, um, digital exclusive, whatever it was like, he kind of said that to Ricky, like it might not be me. That is the one delay in the punishment. It might be my friends. Like it might be Dax. Um, so I'm guessing maybe Ricky is either like joining bullet club or we're getting some sort of Ricky versus the individuals of CMFTR. Like there's seems to be a play that to me still positions Ricky as probably the main guy on the heel side of things on the card, but you're right. in that this is too much for punk to be involved in. Like it's a little bit cannibalizing. I do think the Samoa Joe stuff is just uh, let's give people, Let's give 85,000 people an ROH feud is a pretty fucking cool thing to get to do. So sure. I get it. But my bigger thing is like, not only is he involved in every, everything, it feels like he's the, the title story feels so healed to me and he feels face in a lot of other places. Like it just doesn't work. So unless they know for sure, we're getting the trio of like the CMFTR versus the elite, unless they're positive about that, that kind of makes more sense. But like, it's, the storytelling around it seems a little bit fractured from the what is CM Punk's motivations and who is he as the top guy in the program what's what's he there for and to do kind of feels a little bit weird well either way I think we're the thing that we were sort of nervous about is this build to all in starting to take shape too late it is starting to shape up nicely. There were more, uh, there were more details sort of put out or, you know, the build is starting to, to become a little clearer after dynamite tonight as well. Cause they moved ahead with a lot of stuff on dynamite. And we're going to talk about that, um, in sort of the second half, but we're going to take a little break first. um, to uh, hear about some of the other programs that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. We get back, we'll talk about uh, Dynamite, news and notes from over the past week, and everything else under the sun. The weirdness tonight is we don't have a chat in front of us, which we love so much. We see you guys are listening, but we can't see what you guys are saying in front of us here. So we appreciate you guys listening. We're not ignoring you tonight. We literally can't see you. It's really fucking annoying. But... Either way, uh, why don't you guys stay tuned and we will be right back after hearing some news or not news, hearing some words from some of the other shows that are part of the wonderful Shining Wizards Network. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. 
you can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers. And the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive. And believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web. And make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. It doesn't cost you anything helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the shining wizards what's up folks it's your boy the impact player mr philly ray inviting all of you to check out the turnbuckle throwbacks wrestling podcast join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling as well as paying homage to the old school the squared circle so listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from and as always we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, and on shiningwizardsnetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and if you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJNs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulkaplex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shiny Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of Dungeons stuff. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That, uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's, uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Brody. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Banks? Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo's top spot. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast on a Wednesday night. Thanks to everybody watching who's chatting along on YouTube. Uh, We can't see in the chat here. But please continue amongst yourselves. Hopefully we'll see you back here next week. Well, I won't. I won't be here next week. Plan ahead, folks. I'm not here. Wow. Plan ahead. Wow. Maybe you're going to say something that gets yourself suspended. Who knows? No, I'm going on vacation and I will be back. That means I'm you're going on vacation. I get to dad's gone. I know. I'm always worried about leaving you kids home alone for the week. Oh my gosh. Are you going to leave money for pizza? 20 bucks pizza. Only no wings. Oh, come on, man. Pizza only. 
And can I play a breaking news sounder? Oh, I don't have one. I have one. You don't. Go ahead. Breaking news here on the Mark Porter podcast. Uh, we go to Asian Joe with breaking news. Uh, and sources have told me that Jesse Ozog is now in the chat. <gasps> Jesse Ozog. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good to see you, friend. I can't see you here on my chat, so I can't call you out. But hi, Jesse. Thank you. And thank you, Joe, for that report from the field. We appreciate your work. Stay safe out there. Absolutely. Uh, so let's take care of some business before we dive into Dynamite, because there's a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. Like human rights and like supporting women. Well, we're going to get there. I was just going to remind people they could follow us on our socials first at Mark Order Pod, uh, Twitter, <laughs> X, whatever you're calling also it. Also supporting yes, women. Yes, sure. It's sure. not financially. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all podcast sources, uh, likes, rates, reviews, follows, subscribes. Uh, we ask that if you enjoy our show, you follow us there because it helps us on every platform um, if we have followers and likes and all that kind of stuff. So if you could take a few minutes to support us that way, we appreciate it. The other thing you could do is Kate said you could support human rights and women. I was going to say most importantly, but you know what, Kate? Uh, supporting all rights is very important. It is. We want equality. We do. And the best way you could do that is by going to the link tree in our bio and clicking the button to go directly to our Pro Wrestling Tea store, uh, where you can find our four t shirts up for sale uh, and purchase one to support our show. Enhance supports uh, and women included in that. I know everybody is all inclusive, but I just like to call it out, Kate. It's very important. But if you don't have our link tree in front of you, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkOrderPod or just search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. Our store will pop up. These four shirts are there. We got one sale last week. We guilted uh, our uh, legal uh, expert we? into purchasing a t-shirt. And he purchased maybe my favorite design, uh, our, uh, our two-sided uh, two Mike's t-shirt. Uh, which, uh, again, personally, my favorite because it has uh, the small logo uh, where, like, the breast pocket would be on the front and on the back uh, has the larger uh, show logo that we have on the circular stickers. That's my personal favorite. Uh, maybe you have your own personal favorite out of our other four. You know what? Take a look. See whatever you like. Look, you can even get VIP text alerts from Pro Wrestling Tees. That's not for us, but, you know. No, but they'll give you 10% off. They certainly will. We have our mic check logo, the broken name logo. Those are front prints only, so they're a little less expensive. You add a couple extra bucks. We've got the Join the Mark Order double-sided T-shirt. We've also got the two mics. That's my favorite. All the money you spend there, a portion of it comes back to us. We've, of course, got to pay the overlords for the shirts. But... Uh, you know, it is what it is. We appreciate you if you buy a t-shirt, uh, if you will, or if you have, we appreciate it. And most importantly, it does, uh, help support different groups. Kate, would you like to speak about that? I would love to. In fact, let me make something abundantly clear. I think we have four t-shirt designs, right? 
And you also have the option to buy no t-shirts. And I just feel like in a world of wrestling, you're familiar with a five-star rating. So, like, if you want to be a five-star ally, you have to buy all four shirts. Because it's like zero, one, two, three, four, five. So, and I know the math is a little sketchy on that. But go with me on this, okay? If you truly support women, you got to buy all four. Which actually works out well for you because you're saving on shipping. And you're buying them ahead of time. Some of you got the chase version. You never know when we're going to pull a design. So, it'll be vintage. It'll be worth more. Um, I would encourage you to buy all of the designs if you really want to support women. If you just kind of want to support women, sure, buy one or two. And if you hate women, don't buy any. But uh, if you really want me to have rights and feel safe, you should buy all of our designs. They all look great. And look. We all were, we had our summer bods, right? We don't know what's happening going into winter. You might want to scale up a size with some of your shirts. You never know. The sizing is inconsistent sometimes at pro wrestling too. So just do the right thing. Buy all of the designs, support women, and support the Mark Order podcast. That's right. It's a party. Um, Greedier so, every week, baby. Please uh, support women. If you don't want to hear Kate do that rant anymore, buy a shirt. And buy four shirts. Sure. The more. This is like I, I can't emphasize enough how you're like. We really appreciate it. I expect it. I expect it's it. It's true, and she has awfully high standards. So please, I do. I expect her. the finest threads from pro wrestling tees to be given to you. Mm-hmm. And I expect you to support us. And I expect you to say hi to us at uh, Japan Juniors. If Japan you are there. Juniors. Yeah, yeah, the Super Juniors situation in, uh, in Philly. If you're there, come say hi. And you don't want to come say hi if you don't have a Mark Order shirt on. Embarrassing. I, I can tell you, I won't have a new uh, Mark Order podcast shirt on. I'm not even going to have a... Uh, shining wizard shirt on and they they've given me a few on the arm oh i'll have a shirt don't worry um remember when you were all matchy matchy yes well no i was not that day i had joked so you're talking about last time we were at the 2300 arena when Mm -hmm. yes the doctor and matt wore the same uh hitman Bret Hart t-shirt I had bought it for Matt for Christmas uh and I had also you know I guess the good doctor had seen it and I had also purchased one for myself I think I made a joke wouldn't it be funny if we all wore it I was the only one who didn't wear it I could have <laughs> the triplets, alas I did not so yes as Kate said though we will be at uh the New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Junior show in Philadelphia um, so if you're there, please stop by and say hello. Uh, we like saying hello to people. Matt won't be with us, so you won't have to worry about anybody yelling at you or calling you a hand job or anything like that. We're very nice. Depends. Uh-huh. I might have a couple drinks. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Who are people going to hug if Matt's not there? That's true. You can you can hug us, and we'll pass it on. Big time. Big time. Big time. Anyway, uh, 
Uh, why don't we talk about Dynamite? There's a lot to unpack with Dynamite. Um, they did a lot of build to All In. Um, but we lead off, uh, you know, they don't do it often, but they let off tonight with a segment instead of wrestling. And it was the big Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting in the ring. So the whole society is there without Chris Jericho, who makes his entrance. And he says he understands there's been unrest, and that's why he wanted to come as Chris Jericho, their friend. He understands why they came down by themselves. They have a lot of problems. But Daniel Garcia interrupts him and tells him to just listen. He thought he was ready to stand out uh, out and have a, a civil conversation after Chris took advantage of, of him and pinned him last week uh, after getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. And he wants to know what he sacrificed for Jericho. He changed the fabric of his being and turned his back on his heroes and chose Jericho every time. But he doesn't understand why Jericho never chose them. And because he's not going to choose Garcia, Garcia can't do it anymore. And Daniel Garcia dances in Jericho's face and leaves. Now it's Jake Hager's turn. And he says he's not surprised. He's known Chris for longer than any of these guys. That's why they work well together. He's made Jake a lot of money. But if they have to cut ties tonight, that's okay. Because everyone he knows, they have lots of options. And that he liked that hat. Now everyone knows that he does not appreciate Jericho. So he leaves. And Chris starts to pitch to the other guys that he's improved their careers. He talks to Anna Jay and Tay about how he's done that for them. And Tay says she uh, she used to be so proud. <clears throat> excuse me. She used to be so proud to be in a group with him, but not anymore. She feels sick. And since Chris can't make a decision, she will. And she's going to have Sammy's baby and come back and be a champion without his help because... She quits. Anna says maybe he has helped their careers, but he's helped himself out more than any of them. And tonight it's all about her. So she's being selfish and she's learned from the best. Tonight is about winning the women's championship and not about appreciating him. So Tay Mello and Anna Jay leave together. Angelo Parker's up next and he doesn't want to be doing this. He loves being a sports entertainer. He fought with pride and given Jericho everything he can, but what he, uh, what has Chris given him? Uh, he's got no choice. He has nothing left to give, and he drops the mic and, and leaves. Matt Menard's up, and he says Jericho was his childhood hero. With his first paycheck from his first job, he bought a Jericho shirt. When his wife was eight months pregnant and he had no job, Jericho heard his story and invited him into his home, brought him into AEW under his wing. But the last 18 months have been nothing but a dream for him. But it's <clears throat> it's never sat right with him that the guy he came up with, that guys he came up with, like Eddie Kingston, Kevin Steen, um, he could see why they hate Jericho's guts. And now he's starting to understand that. And he leaves. Sammy, the last one left, says he's always been loyal and he's not going to walk out because Jericho is his friend. And deep down, he always thought Chris would do the same for him because they're friends. He hopes Chris works through his stuff. And if he does, maybe Sammy will be there. And then Sammy leaves. So that was kind of weird because he's like, I'm not going to walk out, but I'm walking out. But the segment's over. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> over. I'm walking out. And so Jericho is, <clears throat> excuse me, left there by himself. They do go to break, 
But when they come back, um, ravishing Renee Paquette is going to interview Jericho um, when Don Callis sort of comes into play. And he apologizes and says that if he played any role in this, he doesn't know what to say. Uh, but Jericho says that he's got an answer for him as to joining the Callis family. Um, he said he's in and let's announce it next week. Don says, I'll take care of everything. And seemingly, even though they said, we'll announce it next week, Jericho said, I'm in. <laughs> so we know it seems like right now Jericho is in the family, but you never know. The invisible hand could have a swerve coming for Jericho. Maybe he wanted to break this up and pick the bones of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Maybe he just wanted to destroy Chris Jericho for some other reason. We don't know. You never know what's going on inside the twisted mind of Don Callis. All I know is that for everything we wanted, this is exactly how we needed it to play out. It looks like the Chris Jericho Appreciation Society is over. I think we are all excited that this has come to an end. It sounds like the fans are. Um, and they let off with this, and I have no problem. Um, it's so weird we can't see the comments in the chat, but we can hear their applause. That's how happy people are that this angle is over. It really is. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, they don't do this often, guys, but they 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 started with it this week, and I think you had to, right? Because it was just like this thing, what's going to happen? And I'd rather have this happen at the top than let it go somewhere in the middle where it's going to eat into other time. So I was fine with this happening. I'm glad that everybody decided to walk out. It wasn't like a 50-50 split and it's going to drag on another six weeks. So I was good with all of this. I'm going to throw it to you first, Joe. Um, what do you think of the uh, the segment here? It was everything it needed to be. I was disappointed that we didn't have an intervention banner. Um, I thought that was missing or lacking. Uh I enjoyed the the contrast and and outfits of everyone having black on and Chris wearing the red. Um, it makes them stand out more, and you know, it's obviously more division among the group. And like you kind of mentioned, the the idea of callous swerving Jericho is my thought. Is maybe we just and that helped put Takeshka over more. If he gets a, you know, a dominant win over him, plus Fozzie has a tour coming up October and November, so he needs probably some time off anyway. I mean, Fozzie's touring schedule has never interfered with television, so you know, Fozzie rocks between the the shows. But I do, I do, I do see what you're saying, Joe, and I think it's you know. There's there's possibilities that we're going to get a swerve here. I mean, that's at least what I'm thinking. Kate, what about you? What do you think about this? I think it's just kind of wild that this all happened right before Will Ospreay's in the G1, waiting to be cost perhaps a match uh, in the finals. So I think Chris Jericho might be getting on a plane to Japan sooner rather than later. Uh, good timing there. Well played by both of them. Uh, this very, very, very much needed to happen. It's overdue. It happened well. Daniel Garcia, God bless him, entertaining his way out of there, dancing, shirtless, whatever, just living his dream. Uh, the only thing that I didn't love was like 
and maybe Hater just doesn't have the chops for this, so maybe it's good that he didn't. But like everybody else was pretty sincere except for Jake Hager. Like I I get the hat line and that's kind of all he's been given, but like he has the longest standing history with Jericho and I wish they had kind of forewent the silliness with that piece of it. Uh, but other than that, this was a, a really, really good segment. Like this is so, so needed to happen. This also pays off uh, Anna Jay being in the main event and uh, what happened on Rampage, which is really refreshing. So this was just good stuff. It's, it's due. I think you probably do get to catch the emerging face out of this in some way. Uh, which I think is good. Like, I think people are really, really behind that guy. I think he has a very natural and easy charisma about him. So I, I think it's good that he'd be on the we're cheering for this guy side because I think he's he's mm. just very likable. So good stuff. Good stuff emerging out of this. We'll see where it goes. But it was also nice that they they all left. And to your point, like, we're not going to get another six weeks of this crap. Like, they left on an agreed upon, upon front that they're all going to go separate ways. And mm-hmm. with like four of them, it was a peaceful exit or five of them. It was a peaceful exit. Um, so you can just kind of peel away. There's not a need for like Jericho to face every single one of these guys for the next eight months. Like we right. can just kind of move on. So let him have the relationship with Sammy probably disintegrate a little bit more and, and go from there. You know, I forgot to mention too, <clears throat> Uh, love the fact that Sammy was wearing his inner circle vest. Yes. Very nice touch. So a good touch because it shows. Oh, God. Sammy Guevara. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Wearing his, his inner circle vest also shows you how long Sammy's been riding with, with Jericho. Right. So. Since the beginning. Yeah. Since the very beginning. Uh, so it's, um, it was, it was nicely done. Um, Still thought it was just sort of a weird, a weird thing to say. I'm not going to leave you. And then he leaves. I just uh, immediately leave. Yeah. yeah. I'm not leaving you, but I'm leaving you through the crowd. Bye-bye. I will say my fear with Jericho is similar to the Michael Scott paper company. He can always come up with new factions and new names. So you take one away. He'll just build a new one in six months. Right. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. I, there was, there was part of me. You know, the inner circle vest um, did give me sort of like a, oh, God. Um, You know, there's been the rumors that Santana and Ortiz are gearing up for a return, and some people think it's coming sooner rather than later. I saw that inner circle vest, and I was like, oh, no. Is this going to be a thing tonight where Santana and Ortiz come out, and they're like, you don't need them, Chris, or they do a beat down on Sammy like, you know, he never deserved, you know, he never, you know, sort of gave you his all. You don't need him. We're here, you know, whatever. So part of that th- ran through my brain and I was like, I don't want to see these guys sort of coming back to Jericho. Man, the more I've thought about it, and I thought about this probably too much, like Eddie just had his G1 run. It was great. And I think wrapped up appropriately. This was not Eddie Kingston was so close to winning the big one. He was out by the quarterfinals. Excellent. Um, him coming back and LAX being reunited against the Blackpool Combat Club is a really fun introductory program to me. Because I feel like once Pride and Powerful go out and do 
tag work, they got to be in line to win that championship. Like you cannot fucking do that again. So I feel like stalling them out a little bit until FTR is ready to drop maybe could be really, really fun and give Eddie something to do. If he's going to win the ROH title, that makes it almost all the better. Like it, it would give proud and powerful a reason to reunite behind him. And that just feels like so much more of a natural fit than crawling back to Jericho. Like, their next chapter as proud and powerful, I think, needs to be way more of a transition out of the goofy shit uh, that they were in before. So, and I also just want to see Chris Jericho on his own. Like he's only been in a stable in, in AEW, so I think it would be cool if he started working with individual talent without dragging a bunch of people around with him. I think it would make just for some cleaner, quicker storytelling with him. Yeah, and and I think part of that to me is sort of what makes the possibility of the, of him being in the Don Callis family interesting, right? Because he's not the guy now, right? He's got to be, you know, sort of the soldier. He's not the chief. And I think that's probably going to be a problem with him. He's not the one calling the shots. He's not the one making the moves. So if there is no swerve from Don Callis and he's just a guy who's part of the team, I think his ego can sort of play into that and it can sort of disintegrate. And now he will be out on his own, right? With nobody to sort of to help him. So I think we can get there, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play this Don Callis family thing. Because again, do you really ever trust Don Callis? Mm, not really. Never. Are you kidding? Why should I? You shouldn't. He turned his back on his by God's son, Kenny Omega. That's right. Kenny by God, Omega. That's right. So a good opening segment, and our first match of the night comes following this. It's the Hardy Boys, or the Hardys, versus Young Bucks. Uh, they did make mention that uh, that uh, this was the first time, I think, on free televised uh, on a free televised event we got to see the Bucks versus the Hardys. We did see the Bucks, Hardys, in Ring of Honor, uh, but those were pay-per-view live shows. Uh, or, you know, like a live show for, for a pay-per-view. So it wasn't a free thing that that most people could see. So interesting. I didn't even realize that until they said it. I was like, yeah, that's that's right. Um, but getting to the end of this match, uh, the Young Bucks do win by pinfall with the BTE trigger on Matt Hardy. And post-match, the, bunks, the Bucks call out FTR, literally just saying FTR. And that invokes FTR making their entrance. And everybody sort of squares up, uh, squares up in the ring. They're drawn at each other. And all the Bucks say are all in and drop the mic. FTR hold up their titles. And that's it. The match is made. And we're going to get the Young Bucks versus FTR in the third match of the trilogy at all in for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, Kate, I'm going to toss to you here first. What'd you think of the match? And are you excited for this all in, uh, title match? Uh, best match from the Hardys in a long time. Boy, oh boy, did the Bucks know exactly how to make this match work with them. And they know themselves, I think, and, and their limitations now at this stage of their career. But I was just so impressed by the way that they, Paul Heyman always said it, right? Highlight strengths, bury weaknesses. They did a lot of that in this match. Um, I'm sorry, thought, did you say uh, Paul Heyman? I did. WWECW 
uh, you know, legend. legend yes. Of, okay. of only WWECW fame. I can't think of any other contributions he said. To the, Agreed. I can't to wait to industry. go back to WWECW arena. For, oh, I know. We're going to be back there. Go so, visit the old WWECW graffiti. It's a really special. Right. Our Mark Order podcast sticker in the bathroom. That's right. Uh best match out of them in a while and served its purpose perfectly. Like we knew this was probably going to be the set up FTR and them. I didn't know FTR was going to be there. So that's cool. Right. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that have been thinking about like what we're getting on the pay-per-view viewing it. And a lot of people who are missing the mark of like, there's going to be 90,000 people there that haven't gotten to see these guys before. Yeah. Like it's going to feel to them on a mass scale. Like we felt when we finally got to see them, not in the pandemic, like that right. felt so much fun and so electric. And they're, they're going to be doing that with 85,000, 90,000 people. That's insane. So when people have said, and I, I kind of get it like, Oh, we've seen this before. We saw punk and Joe before. Um, I, I feel like a uh, best of three is begged for. I didn't think they would be doing it this fast at this spot, but this is this is going to be the largest grossing wrestling event ever, like yeah. from a ticket standpoint. So when the hell else would you do it? Like, that's incredible. So very, very much looking forward to that. I thought the device that they used tonight made a lot of sense to get there. And it was cool to see FTR come down and then have that moment in the ring of like this is happening. And I, I liked the challenge that got set forth on Collision for it, too. It was just kind of like a. Your best, my best. Like we're the two best tag teams in the world. I think we're the best ones. Fight us about it. It's such a easy way into that. So I'm I'm pumped for that. I think it's gonna be really special, and a, probably a healthy sign for locker room reasons. I would think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on this? I wasn't sure what to expect going into this match because of what the Hardys have shown in the past. So it was their best outing we've seen in a long time. And that's probably maybe due to, you know, the dance partners they had. And it also kind of reaffirmed my belief that, like, I don't see how they could ever do another tag team title run, even if a short one. Because, it's like, I don't, like, I don't think they could put together multiple matches back-to-back -back enough to make it worth their while. So this match felt like it was a good match, but, it, it, you know, a couple years ago it was a legendary matchup between the two teams. Now it's just like, eh. Good, yeah. I, I hate to say it this way, but like it kind of has to be said of Jeff Hardy has just shown too many times that he can't be relied on to have an extensive title reign. Like he's just shown mm -hmm. over and over and over again that you he can't be relied on at this point. And I I hate to, um, in, in no way am I trying to cast dispersions about somebody's addiction. Like that's that's so much bigger and more important than wrestling. But like you just can't strap up a guy who has a has a proven track record of not being reliable and no proven track record of staying reliable. Um, my thinking was maybe they would have them go over at Wembley and then turn around and lose it at all out, like have just a super quick thing. But I think this is the right call. I, I think you don't want it to be so nominal that that's the case. I think this, this works. Yeah. I think 
having this match tonight would be kind of a nice way of squeezing it in because, like you said, you don't know what the future holds for health or whatever else is going on. So, you know, making sure you can have one more match between the two teams was nice. The Hardys also, the complete Hardys can't travel to the UK. So, you know, I didn't even think about that. There you go, yeah. Cannot happen, <laughs> you know. That's such a bummer. So. I am looking forward to the, the Bucks and FTR Wembley, and my dream scenario, like fantasy booking, that's not going to happen would be that CMFTR versus Elite happens at All Out would be like the perfect bookend to that, you know, to that backstage story. But will it happen? Probably not. Well, we'll see. Because I mean, in this, the this is the interesting thing too, right? Because <clears throat> in this build to All In. You've also got to build to all out because it's one week later. So there's not enough time between these shows to basically reset new stories. You've got to basically build off of this show to get to your next show. So things are going to happen really quick. That's going to set up this giant show and then all out. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play it here. They're doing a good job right now sort of getting into all in <clears throat> And this sort of dovetails into what happened next in the night. Commentary broke down a build to a four-way women's title match at All In. And they basically said that in some of the biggest moments, like in AEW, the title has been defended in a four-way match. And those are some of the biggest, you know, best women's matches we got. So basically, the breakdown works like this. Tony Storm gets a buy because she's invoked her rematch clause. Apparently, not everybody gets a rematch clause. Tony Storm has one. So she gets a buy into this match because that's going to be the next sort of time that she can she can get in. The match tonight against Sheeta and Anna Jay is going to determine who goes into that match because you're going to be the champ. So whoever wins is going to be in at all in London. We'll talk about that later as that was the main event in the night. The other two women are going to have matches. Um, one on Friday on Rampage. It will be Soraya and Sky Blue. Read the writing on the wall. And then the next one, you can also read the writing on the wall, uh, will be next week on Dynamite. The Bunny and Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Nice to see Bunny back from injury, though. That'll be great. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm really glad to see Bunny back, but... They're not leaving you much room to figure like who's gonna make it into this match because Kate didn't even want to hear the end of that statement. Her gave up. Um, um, I will say though, also nice like baby steps. Right, we're getting mm-hmm. we're getting matches with stakes for the women. Sure, coming up like this is the past few weeks have felt like they know what they're doing. Which is a refreshing change. Because I don't have a problem when I don't feel like they know what they're doing. I have a problem when it feels like they don't know what they're doing. Um, so it just feels like there's a little bit more care being paid to this, which makes me very happy. Yay! Oh, yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with the way that they're they're doing this. Because it does have high stakes, right? Like No, but are, it is predictable. Yeah. Like, but. That, that's it. But, I mean, listen. If we can't have everything, we'll at least take the wins where we can get them. Right? So... You know, um, I'm just glad also to see that the people that they're that we are predicting are going to get in here. Right. So 
Uh, again, at this point in the night, not knowing what was going to happen in the women's match, I would have now knowing what the stakes were, it was easy to see. Okay, for me, it was going to be Sheeta, Soraya. How can she not be at all in? And then Britt Baker, because there are stories here. And and clearly, yes, DMD. And then clearly here, there's a there's an even larger story at play, right? This is this is like the outcasts versus the homegrowns, but it's not a team battle. This is, you know, every person for themselves. So things will have to break down, right? Like Tony Storm and Soraya, if there's a point where either one can win, they're not going to be like, you know, either one of us win, we're the outcasts. I mean, maybe they could, but Tony doesn't want that. Tony wants that belt. I'm sure Soraya wants that belt. Same thing with Sheeta and Britt Baker. At one point, they were on the same side. Cheetah's not going to give up that belt. Britt Baker wants it. So this is this has a lot of storyline wrapped up in it. Again, assuming it's all going to go the way we think it is, and if I'm a betting man, uh, I'm putting money on it shaking out the way it is. But I was I was happy to see that this is what they're doing. We I know we have spoken like so many tournaments, so many this, so many that. Like this actually makes sense. I'm okay with this. Agreed. And even there's a, a couple dangling participles that I'm excited about with this too, right? Like dangling participles. Some dangling participles. Like I, I feel like today we got a women's main event championship match and Anna Jay lost in leaving the Jericho Appreciation Society. So that has some intrigue. Mm-hmm. On the outcast side, Ruby Soho's kind of just not in this picture, but Chris Statlander is who she kind of has like her one of her most memorable moments with because it was like when the crowd first started to turn on her um, just because they were in Chris's corner, not anti-Ruby, but going into that Owens final. So there's a natural story there. Like it, it feels like there are opportunities and it also feels like as frustrating as it is to only have one women's match an episode, which is ridiculous still, uh, Collision being in play and them using Rampage appropriately does feel like there's at least breathing room. Like, the ratio is not great, but they have all these women who have not been on television, and suddenly you're getting, like, Chris Statlander, Mercedes Martinez, and all these things moving forward, as well as ROH. So, um, while the ratio isn't great, if you make the one match you do have, which really is not a lot to ask for, feel important and make sense, uh, it's, it's much more palatable and less frustrating because there's some cleanliness and logic and emotional investment around it. So I feel like a very productive couple of weeks, which is great. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and by the way, I'm not trying to bring up something we were arguing about a little bit last week about my, uh, my distaste for what they did here with Tony storm taking the belt off her. Just want to say Tony Storm's two title reigns were two of the shortest in AEW women's history. Her first reign was, I believe, I read 77 days. This second reign, 65 or 66. So she has not gotten a long time. Now, could they switch it back to her at all in? Maybe. Could they not? Could it go to Soraya? Sure. Could it stay on Sheeta? Could it go back to Brit? I mean, there are a thousand ways they can go here. But 
I just wanted to put a bow on that because we were sort of talking about it last week, and I don't think we had anything to back it. I didn't have anything to back it up. Her her two reigns for those transitionary periods were two of the shortest. I really feel like they didn't let her get her feet wet with that title. I just still don't. I, I sort of don't like the fact they took it off or they still could have built to this, but <clears throat> it makes a little more sense now. And if it's giving us things with stakes for the women to get involved with to get to this match, I'm all for it. But again, they have to break this cycle that they've been going through after this event. You can't just go back to the, to the mundane bullshit. You have to keep giving us things with stakes. It just, if you're giving us one match a week, like you said, Kate, you can't just give us random bullshit. That's like time filler. You got to make it make sense. To your point about Tony Storm, and it, it's a it's a completely fair and valid one, but just from a kind of devil's advocate perspective, um, it does feel like a couple of things. One, one of my bigger complaints with Tony Khan is that he doesn't strike while the iron's hot with booking, and they did do that with Jamie Hayter. So I feel like that's kind of a have your cake and eat it too situation of like, well, I can't. I can't complain that they don't strike while the iron's hot. And then when they do complain that the rain was a little bit too short and it does feel like in those rains, um, it feels like she's, she's really made an impact with her work, which is a credit to her, but it also feels like she's held a, the title for like the majority of the past year or so, or like even when she wasn't in the title picture, she still felt important in the outcasts picture. Like, so it, I appreciate that with her, it was a little different than like with Sheeta, where it's like she lost and then she went away and never came back. Like Tony Storm like lost and still was kind of like sniffing around the top of the card. So that's kind of my complaint is, and we see it on the men's side with the secondary title all the time, right? Like where the hell is Wardlow? What the fuck happened with Hobbs? Like sometimes with Adam Page, like his, his whole title reign was all about the chase and then his title reign itself kind of fell flat. So my thing is more like, um, I more than a days person, I kind of look at a title reign and I'm like, what did it do for the company and for the division? And I feel like to both of Tony Storm's reigns were actually very productive. And um, she was a really she's a big safety net for them and that she'll deliver on character. She'll deliver in the ring things like that. But I hear you like it's both of her title reigns have been born out of somebody else's injury. They have not been playing for Tony storm. So I, I completely hear on that front, but I, I think um, she's, she's done a tremendous job considering both of them have been inherited with shitty circumstances. Oh, no disagreement there. <clears throat> no disagreement there. It just, I wish they would let her have some more time. Just give her some more time. She's a great worker. Um, and she looks great in curlers, too. I mean, my God. I mean, she looks great in almost anything. So let it happen. Hysterical with the curlers. Her identity crisis coming out there. I was in stitches. My God. <laughs> it, it's also funny. Her her like uh, media scrum appearances have also been really fun with her as a champion. She just keeps saying she's going to slap the tits off of people. It's great. I mean, what what else are you going to do? When I was at Forbidden Door, I was like, I have no idea what to ask this woman. Like, it's it's so much more impossible than MJF because mm -hmm. 
he'll give you like she was just impervious to being able to ask anything it was hysterical how funny she is and she's so much more like chill but when she does stuff like that you're like i see how her and juice robinson vibe i get it <laughs> let me let me just tell you this <clears throat> juice robinson well out kicked his coverage sure so good for juice robinson well he is rock hard well That's a very good point. all the time i think part of that could be blue chew but they're not paying us so uh some sort of no, 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 no. they're not paying us put your hand in. uh oh no that was a we're not I'm not, oh, I thought I'm you not. were saying they're paying me. No, uh, no, 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 no. If they want to pay us, gladly. I'll do all the blue chew reads you want. Sure. Anyway. Pay the Roddy Piper first, you know? That's boom. You hit it. Um, guys, in uh, another fantastic segment um, out of the Bro Chachos, we get a recap of MJF uh, and Adam Cole. Uh <laughs> So we get the recap of the the contract signing for All In, and then Adam Cole um, and MJF um, uh, are out for an activity again. And Max rolls up. Adam Cole's really excited. Max rolls up, uh, and he says, "You told me to wear shorts, so I think uh, I'm thinking I know what we're doing. We're going skinny dipping with some rats." But that's not what's happening. Uh, they're actually at a trampoline park. So Max is really upset. Um, but uh, Adam, uh, they show Adam Cole uh, inside jumping. He says, look how high I'm going. Look how high we can go. They've got video games. They've got this. They've got that. And then he says there's dodgeball. And MJF says, huh, okay. And then they go to him. Um terrorizing kids basically saying uh i slept with your mom and pegging some kid in the face or you know you suck whatever the the one that got me was i slept with your mom and then i think he threw it at some kid and it hit him basically in the nuts like hilarious and it shows the the carnage of the kids laying on the trampolines like knocked out by this ball and adam cole comes up and says you can't do this and max goes i was just playing dodgeball and Adam's basically telling him, no, 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 that's not what's going on. And a little girl comes up and says, why are two grown men at a, at a trampoline park? And Adam Cole tries to talk to her all nice. She calls them nerds and then flips them the bird. And now Adam Cole is a little pissed off. And he says, Max, I think you got one more or something like that. And then, you know, Max sort of winds up and we we go to break. So we don't see him peg this little girl, but we can imagine that he continued on. Really funny stuff. Um, uh, I didn't know where they were going to be going this time, but you knew when it was Adam Cole planning something, it was going to be sort of dorky. Uh, and a trampoline park is the perfect way to achieve that. Um, comments, anybody? Open floor. It conjured up some memories from high school. <laughs> um, so when we were, when I was a senior in high school, we had what we called like you could apply to be a teacher assistant and help with like you know do paperwork for a teacher. Or my teacher assistant was a elementary PE teacher, so my friend and another classmate and I were helping third grade PE classes. So he and I would get a chance to play dodgeball or other games where it'd be him and I versus the entire class of third graders. 
So we often had dodgeball days where him and I would dominate a group of 15 to 20 third graders in the gym. So before dodgeball got, you know, yeah, outlawed. Yeah. Well, good for you, Joe. Reliving the past in that segment. I Uh, know. The glory days. I didn't know that you mauled children, but here we are. I've grown a lot since then. (laughs) (laughs) At 1.39 p.m. today, I got a text from our friend Cassidy Haynes, who got us waters at all in. That's, I think, your only interaction with the man. But it was a life-saving one. I didn't get a water. Did we? I thought we just all shared because we were all dying. I don't know. I didn't get a water. Thanks a lot, Cassidy. Thanks, Cass. But I got a text that said... I I was howling during the segment because he said, I don't know why it took me this long to realize MJF is the wrestling version of White Goodman from Dodgeball. Because mm. here at Globo Gym, we're better than you and we know it. And like, he's rich. And he's a douchebag. He's like, a dick to women. It's not true. wrong with all this stuff. And then we get this Dodgeball vignette and I'm pretty sure... Didn't Max say something like with the your adopted your parents don't even love you thing? Yes. I feel like Cass might have manifested this. I'm I was in stitches just when he sent me that text, and then where I was watching and I was like, holy shit, this is extremely yeah. accurate. Um, so I guess nobody makes Max bleach his own blood, okay? Nobody. Um, so that just made me laugh. This whole segment was great. Like I I so don't want these two to break up, but they so have to. And it's been one of the most compelling stories that they could have written. Uh, I love what comes after this as well, which we'll get into. But like these vignettes have been such gold. And I'm just so continually impressed by what MJF is able to pull off as a performer. Like I think people, because he's really good at it and he is very well regarded for as one of the best wrestlers in the world, especially at his age. Um, but it, it is not easy to pull off singing happy birthday to Adam Cole like you're in fucking Sugar Ray. Um, right. And pull off like all of the sincerity of things like losing to FTR and being apoplectic, where you might play ape. Play ape. <laughs> um, realizing that like, in saving Adam Cole, you lost the tag titles in this moment. Like, there has been a very delicate line that you have to walk to make all this work. And Adam Cole's doing it too. But Max has these extremes that he has to go to a little bit further. And it's comedic and it's friendly and it's subtle and layered and angsty and angry. Like, it's, it's so many things that have to go exactly right. Otherwise, it falls apart. Like, if the comedy doesn't work, this whole thing doesn't work. If the sincerity doesn't work, the comedy isn't contrasted against anything meaningful. Like, this is very, very delicate. And I'm just continually impressed by how well both of them have done with it. But but Max especially. Just really, really good stuff. And a good use of live segments and vignettes with this story in general. I think it's been really good. It's all worked. And we will circle back to MJF and Adam Cole in a little bit. Um <clears throat> But we get back from the commercial. They recap uh, the three-way match and the parking lot brawl from last week with the Blackpool Combat Club. 
And then we get a promo. Moxley says that he hopes the best friends have learned their lesson. They don't belong in the ring with them. And tonight the Lucha Brothers have challenged them to a match and they expect to win and leave absolutely no doubt. Just ask Pac. And Claudio tells the bastard, you can't just stab him in the back. He's going to pay for it. And you to also mox Pac for missing Wembley. Mox says the BCC doesn't fear death. Death fears them. So again, guys, this is like a point where I'm like, is he really hurt? Like, that's why I sort of don't know. Like, they don't do this, but why are we constantly calling Pack out? You know what I mean? Like, if he's I'm really hoping hurt, it's a he's close thing. Like, I'm, right. I'm hoping it's going to be like a game time. Like, that's what's so shitty. I'm like, well, we don't know what the injury is, and it's not fair to play that game. But like, if it's a concussion, then he's like six weeks away from it, and maybe he could like. That, that's what I'm thinking maybe this is, but that's also a dangerous little game to play. I'm I'm hoping maybe it's we're getting Kenny versus Pac, because that would be great. Like maybe he maybe he is gonna be okay, and that's what Kenny is going to talk about later. Yeah. Well, we move on to our next match in the night, <clears throat> our FTW championship. Contest contested under FTW rules. And for those who don't know, it's pretty much anything goes, uh, false count anywhere, you know, uh, the title can change, you know, uh, just about any way. Uh, and it's Jack Perry versus uh, Rob Van Winkle. Damn. Um, so close. Sorry. That's the one I can't remember. I keep thinking it's Vanilla Ice. It's not. Um <laughs> So uh, Jack jumps him before he can get, you know, uh, his full Rob Van Dam info. But getting to the end of this match, Jack Perry does win by a pinfall with the schoolboy to retain the FTW championship. During this match, um, they had said it. Jack Perry threw the chair uh, at uh, through a chair at uh, Rob Van Dam. He ducks and it hits Bryce. The chair gets hung up on the top rope like it, I have never seen that before. They Everybody was like, I have never seen that. Uh, that was awfully weird to see. Um, but I'll say this. Rob Van Dam at his age uh, gave you everything you could ask for uh, that you'd want to see out of a nostalgia Rob Van Dam match. Is he the same Rob Van Dam that he was 10 years ago even? No. But... He gave you everything he fucking could. He gave you the five star, you know, uh, you know, any anything you want to see him sort of pull out of his repertoire. He did. Um, so I give him all the credit in the world uh, for doing that. Obviously, he's not going to win this belt. Uh, we have to keep it on Jungle Boy. Do I know what's next? Or I'm sorry, Jungle Boy. Who's that? Jack Perry. Um, so I. I just wonder what's next for Jack Perry. Uh, we're not going to run hook back. I don't think this quickly unless they do want to do it at all in. Uh, but um, I don't know. I didn't necessarily have a problem with this. It could have been terrible. I didn't think it was all that bad. Uh, you know, especially if Rob Van Dam started trying to do the stuff that he used to and couldn't, but he was able to pull it off. So I give him the credit for that. Uh, also, because Bryce was knocked out, he had the win. Uh, Aubrey was just too late getting down to the ring. Uh, 
uh, to get three count for him. So Jack steals the win here and we're moving on to whatever's next. Kate, what'd you think of this one? So I made my feelings abundantly clear. Like I just don't care. However, with that being said, uh, I think out of kind of this older generation of dudes, RVD is one of the most in touch with where he's at and still one of the ones that can go the best. Like, and that, that we kind of knew just from his more recent work on impact and his last WWE run, like he just seems to be in a pretty healthy and realistic spot with what he can contribute to professional wrestling in the ring at this point. So that was really good to see. Like it was not a situation where he was trying too hard to outkick his coverage and it was not a situation where he's in such bad shape he can't go. It was very, very well orchestrated. And I like that the ref got knocked out instead of being an idiot. That's refreshing. Like it's nice to not have a dumb ref and have one that's incapacitated. Um, And especially you would be incapacitated if you get hit with a chair that was thrown at you because somebody ducked. Like it made sense. You're knocked down. It's a good ref bump. It's a really, really good ref bump. Uh, And yeah, I, I think this, this was, this was nostalgia done in a really great way. I think it it does help Jungle Boy in this situation. It was with someone who can still go. Kind of, I saw uh, friends of the the Shining Wizards and just overall amazing human Crowbar saying like he and RVD he feels like are the two guys that can kind of still go, and it's because they made the adjustments along the way, like over mm-hmm. over the course of these decades. And RVD proved it tonight. Like he. He put on a really enjoyable match, even for someone that wasn't that interested in it. Uh, So I think that says a lot about the quality of his work. Like I'm not connected to the nostalgia aspect of it. And I still thought it was a very effectively done match. This was, this was strong. This was a a good, I can't argue that it was a, a good use of him and the television time that we got out of him. Joe, what do you think? And and to be honest, Joe, I don't necessarily know. Do you have any nostalgia ties to Rob Van Dam? Like, <clears throat> I remember Rob Van Dam from taping ECW from midnight on the MSG channel here in New York City. Obviously, his WWE days, you know, I remember those too. So there's a little connection there with me. I'm not sure if that is with you too. Yeah, I remember some of his ECW stuff, like tail end. Oh, sorry, WWECW. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was like a shorthand for that. I think yeah. I made the mistake too. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I that's on me. I didn't know there was an abbreviation for it. Yeah. I just I was I always lead with the WWECW part. You're so. right. You're I right. should. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just no. So I have a little familiarity with him and it felt like Rob Van Dam if you played it at you know half speed. You know, kind of a, a slower version of Robin Dam. Kind of like if people were listening to this podcast and listen to your thoughts on Metallica in the beginning. <laughs> like, they're old. Like, they're going to do all the hits. They might not be perfect, but it's still going to be a quality outing. Yeah. No, that that makes complete sense. Complete sense. And I agree with you. Like, it's not Rob Van Dam 300, you know, miles an hour, but he's giving you what he's sure he can do. You know what I mean? Like he went for that frog splash and I'm like, if he can't hit it, he ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like, I don't want to do a frog splash right now in my life. I don't want to do the leaping, spinning leg drop on the outside. No, no. And and good for him. He was able to pull it off. And in the moments where he was a little unsure of himself, he took a beat, you know? And I'd rather see that than somebody just try to go, th- you know, as fast as they can, as fast as they used to. You know, to Kate's point, he does seem to know where he's at. And... um and you know it's pulled off as gracefully as it can be so uh we'll see what's next for jack perry i don't know where we go with this but uh we'll see uh the reign of terror for jack perry with that ftw belt we'll see steve perry we go to uh the gorgeous renee paquette backstage with death triangle basically just running a promo to build up uh, to the uh, to the main event. Uh, Abrahantes says the Death Triangle is a symbol of brotherhood. They fight in the spirit of competition, but the Blackpool Combat Club fight to maim and hurt. And Penta says they're going to show why they're the best tag team in the universe with Cerro Mierdo. Uh, and then we're into Adam Cole. Hey, babe. And MJF making their way uh, to the ring uh, to get on the mic. One of my favorite things is, uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, as uh, they showed them coming down to the ring, at one point you could see Max pointing to people in the crowd. And I'm pretty sure he was saying, you and you and you, like, I'm better than you and (laughs) you and you. So he's still sort of being a face but a heel at the same time. Very funny. So Friedman gets uh, gets on the mic and greets the crowd, says there's footage going around of him saying everyone in the Midwest is mid, but we can all agree that that footage is heavily edited, very vague at best. And he says that may God strike him down if he's lying. His favorite place in the entire United States is the Midwest. My favorite part of that is the fact that as he's saying it, you can see Adam Cole sort of like, holding his hand out as if to say, don't do it. Like, don't do this. And as he says it, they both wince. And God does not, in fact, strike MJF down and they celebrate. So Cole takes over and says he's going to beat, they're going to face off it all in. He's going to beat Max for the title. And Friedman takes that as a cue that, hey, you want to do a promo battle? Well, Adam is so skinny and ghostly white that if this were the 80s, Hogan would have snorted him. He keeps throwing some insults at, at Adam Cole. What Cole. a line. <laughs> it's so good. Fantastic. It's fantastic. I hope Hulk Hogan sues him. Um, <laughs> and he keeps throwing some insults, but Cole yells that he didn't want to do a promo battle. And MJF apologized, said, my bad. I misread this whole thing. But Adam says they're going to make history at Wembley, but he wants to go all in on making history because he's pretty sure we all love them as a tag team and we'd all love it if they got some gold. So as difficult as it was not to win the tag titles, he's got his eyes on another set of titles that mean just as much to him as the AEW ones. And he's talking about the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship because he owes his entire career to Ring of Honor. He's a former... Ring of Honor, uh, three-time Ring of Honor World Champion, Ring of Honor World Television Champion, but he never got to hold the tag titles. Um, 
And those were titles held by the best of the best, the Kings of Wrestling, Red Dragon, and the Briscoes. So they set the bar on what tag wrestling is all about, and it's time they showed how good they are. So before that, at Zero Hour, he wants to challenge for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against uh, Aussie Open. And I think we all know how we do the hand symbol. Joe, be yourself. Be yourself. Let's let's get this. Joe's attempting. He's got it. Oh, nailed it. For three tonight. Oh, it's just so, not that. It's just not that difficult to do. It's not. It's just, it's just a diamond with pinkies at. That's right. Oi, oi, oi. We've got it. It's easier than even this. Some might argue. That one right yeah. there. There? No? There? Who knows? Anyway. Uh, so Friedman says, uh, is he serious about wrestling twice in one night? He must be some sort of sick per- pervert. But they're bro chachos for life, and he is a sucker for publicity. So he says, you know, if the crowd want to see them win the tag titles, well, by the powers vested in him as our scumbag, he will challenge Aussie Open for the tag titles at Wembley. So Roddy Strong comes out to the stage yelling for Adam Cole, and he says he can't believe it that he'd want to win the tag titles with Max and not a Ring of Honor legend and his actual best friend. But Friedman says that he's getting sick and tired of these jealous ex-girlfriend vibes, and he wants to do whatever weird, generic white people normally do in this situation. Go home, run up the stairs, slam the door, jump in bed, cry into your Hello Kitty pillow, Listen to some Taylor Swift and shake it off, you bland bitch. And Strong says, I am not a bland bitch, which is maybe the most bland bitch response that you could give, which is perfect. I was going to say, it feels very intentional. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he asked Cole if he's going to stand there and let MJF talk like that before saying the kingdom was right about him. And he never really, he was never really Roddy's friend. So the kingdom come to the stage to embrace Roddy, walking with him backstage. So Max continues to talk some trash. Adam shoves him and says he needs to understand that if Strong is his friend, that Strong's his friend too. And Cole realizes he came on a little strong and apologizes. They hug and Friedman gives him his blessings to go check on Roddy. And then we get a video package recapping Collision. The Blackpool Combat Club make their way to the ring. We go to break. So, um... Listen, I, I I like these segments with the two of them. They work so well together. It's funny, but it all makes sense. And I was not expecting double duty out of MJF and Adam Cole, especially for the Ring of Honor tag titles. When you think about <clears throat> when you think about the history with uh, Adam Cole and Ring of Honor, because he did say it with no Ring of Honor, he's not standing in that ring, and that wrestling as you know it today is sort of not where it is in AEW without Ring of Honor. So I don't I don't mind um that part of the promo. I don't ma- mind the match and I think you got to put Aussie Open on in in Wembley. So this is the best way to do it with one of the biggest tag teams and of course in my brain Kate this is sort of a way you figure out how to drive a wedge between these two to get to a main event match. Man, this is just picture perfect for so many reasons. Like Adam Cole's history with the ROH, Roddy being pissed about it makes so much sense. Uh, it extends the angle a little bit further. 
And I love these moments of sincerity that you get from Max and all this. Like him saying he doesn't want to wrestle, but he's a sucker for cheap pops. So he's kind of giving in to Adam Cole's request to do it anyway. And then the ending, I was so impressed by how authentic it felt when he was like kind of going off the handle about Roddy. And he was like, no, what? No, you're right. You're cool. It's cool. Go take care of your other friend, whatever. Like him catching himself in his old ways and trying to modify his behavior because he actually has a friend is great. It's kind of the opposite of when Andrade didn't understand how friendship worked. And I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good for me. Joe, what did you think of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm hoping that Adam's the one who turns on MJF, but um, I thought that and I smell shenanigans. I think in that tag match with Austin Open, I feel like the Kingdom's going to come in there and you know cause a DQ or hurt Adam or Max and be in question for the main event. Uh, I enjoy Roddy's work as basically playing Ducky from Pretty in Pink, where he's just kind of like hopelessly <laughs> in love with Adam and Adam being wooed by MJF and all of his fanciness and his friendship. So I'm really enjoying that character work. I'm not a bland bitch. (laughs) I was also. It's like my tequila (laughs) shot ordering sisters is what that felt like. Like, (laughs) Oh, wow. Did you want a lemon drop? Yes. You bland bitch. I'm not a bland bitch. (laughs) That's what that felt like to me. I was, I was my God. Beautiful. I was also nervous for like half a second. Uh, when Roddy came out because when he was yelling for Adam it sounded like oh god is he gonna be drunk Roddy right like it sounded like he was under the influence you know what I mean like and I was like oh no please don't be doing like a, a, a drunk depressed like Roddy angle because that stuff has never necessarily worked in wrestling like when I, mean, I don't think you want to do that with Jeff Hardy lingering just a no. couple matches before. I feel like that's a little tone deaf. But if if you're going to play the jealous ex-girlfriend card, there's a comedic way to do that. That could be really fun. We'll sure. see if they yeah. go there. Sure. I, I <laughs> want I mean, to make him a, make him a mixtape of like all their <laughs> good moments from ROH. Yes. Yes. That would be great. But like, I mean, even uh, like just back to the drunk thing, like, Think about the whole thing that the WWE did with the Road Warriors, or not the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. It's the Road Warriors, but the Legion of Doom, when yeah. Hawk was supposed to be drunk, did not work. You know what I mean? Like, they even did the whole thing when, who was it? Was it Jericho and, and Punk or somebody else where it was Jericho was pouring the booze all over them? That stuff just doesn't always work. And I got really nervous. I was like, oh, please don't please don't make Roddy drunk here and do something stupid. Like he's wasted and he doesn't know what he's saying. So I was glad they didn't do that, but I did love, I'm not a bland bitch. That was perfect. So we move into Blackpool combat club tonight. That's Claudio and John Moxley versus the Lucha brothers uh, in tag team action. Uh, Cutting to the end of this, the Blackpool combat club win by pinfall with the schoolboy. And some tights from John Moxley on Penta. Um, Uta ran some interference. Abrahantes got involved uh, as well, but it wasn't enough to 
to keep uh, the Blackpool Combat Club from winning. Post-match, the Blackpool Combat Club keep mauling the Lucha Brothers. Uh, they tear Penta's uh, mask off. Claudio puts it on. And we move on to our next segment. So I don't necessarily know if things are resolved here with the BCC and the Lucha Brothers or Death Triangle, however we want to put it. Um, but uh, I don't think this was necessarily a terrible match. I thought it was good. Um, I just don't know where we're sort of going with the BCC and Death Triangle because we don't have full rosters for either one of them. But I thought this was stood on its own okay. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a good match, as it should be. And I'm, I still wonder why the number of matches Penta has lost because of his mask being ripped off or torn off. Uh, we need to, like, figure out something with that mask thing. I mean, you know, whether it's a different design or something, so we don't go to that well that many times. But yeah, I mean, it's a good match between two great teams, and I don't like I said I don't know what we what, what direction we go with some of them. But yeah, I mean, it's it fine, it's good. Well, there is a missing piece that I mentioned before, who used to call Penta his best friend, right? And Eddie, um, so that's certainly something that you could do when he gets back from Japan. But. I'm intrigued to see where this goes for them. The match tonight, I liked it, but to your point, Joe, and like also very aware that I watch a lot of wrestling every week and I just saw an attempt at an unmasking spot literally yesterday. I feel like AEW in the beginning was really good about not doing those spots. Like I remember the first time I think it was Matt Jackson went to rip it off of Penta. It looked like he was violently trying to rip it off of Penta and it like, it felt so personal because there were both teams of brothers and it's a family identity that like that had so much impact. And now it's kind of, kind of like what I was saying with tax spots before I'm just like, Oh, when I'm asking spot, like it, it, it kind of gets old. Um, so I, I too would like them to figure out a different way to protect luchadors in, in these moments, but match was good. Mox is so great. Like it, it's just so much fun to, to watch him work and, um, just kind of keeps them going after they took big losses in the the elite story, right? It's nice to get them some some more wins, but I'm intrigued to see if Eddie comes back to to them because he used to be best friends with them, and uh, who pops up on the other side will be interesting. Well, more to come on BCC and Death Triangle, um, but we move on to Alex Marvez. That fathead uh, interviewing Kenny Omega backstage as to what his all-in plans are. And uh, Kenny puts over the Bucks versus FTR, says next week he's going to sit down with JR and talk about his future. So look forward to that. So I don't know, guys. We've been sort of talking about, like, what could be Kenny's plans. He's got to be on this all-in card, right? Like, this is a crowd that really hasn't seen Kenny live uh, in quite some time. So... Uh, if ever, I mean, I, I mean, in recent history, uh, besides Japan, like, has he wrestled really in, in England that much? So it's going to be interesting to see what they line up for, for Kenny. Um, you know, Kate, I know that you sort of said, maybe it's going to be Pac, right? Maybe they're being cautiously optimistic. I get that. That would be an awesome match. 
uh, because there's that issue sort of there, right? That happened before Blood and Guts where he's like, you cost me, you know, my shots. That makes sense. Although, you know, there's this lingering BCC death triangle thing. So it's like if Pac is ready, Pac death triangle or, or death triangle BCC, like it could, could sort of go either way. If it's not Pac, what has Kenny got? I mean, I know that I, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, I know we would all want Will, but I don't know. I feel like now more than even before, it definitely feels like Will and Jericho. Like I'll be, I'll be shocked if Jericho doesn't show up in Japan. Uh, but I think Kenny. There's a couple of things that they could do if they wanted to get really creative. I don't like a bait and switch with something this kind of like quote unquote wrestling historic, but you could have Punk not accept Samoa Joe's challenge. And you could have Kenny and Punk. That could be just like a fun, that's like a fun red herring, I feel like, because you're mm-hmm. replacing it with something else that's really cool. I also wonder if you're getting to Kenny versus Takeshita. Because Takeshita doesn't have a place on this card either. And man, that could be a lot of fucking fun in the ring. Um, and he's he's going to to talk to people about getting on the card, right? So mm-hmm. um, knowing Danielson isn't cleared, it does feel like maybe they were lining up Kenny and Danielson too, which which sucks. Um, but we will we will see. I'm I'm very intrigued. Very intrigued. I hope it's Takeshita. That would be a mind blowing match. I feel like ring wise. And that story does make sense, right, Joe? Because. Don Callis, Takeshita, you know, it all sort of ties together. Yeah, I'm curious if they go that route where they, you know, for continuity's sake, they do something that's a storyline, or if they do kind of a, a one-off type of dream match. And we, I'm trying to think if there's any UK talent over there that would be a big draw to have Kenny face at Wembley. If you, if there anyone you can think of? If it's not a storyline match, but it's just like a one-off. Uh, ZSJ. Yeah. That's that's about the only one that I can think of from the Brit wrestling side, because there's not even anybody else in that stable that would make sense. And Osprey's taken. Um, anybody else from the UK, I feel like, is uh, kind of locked up in WWE worlds. Like there's no NXT UK releases that I can think of, but right, but th- that could be. I'm there. Never mind. I no, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I can't actually. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> okay. It's, it's something I realized that isn't public yet. Sorry, <laughs> I have to be that girl. I mean, the only um, I I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have been throwing out Nigel McGuinness as somebody who's a potential. Could they get back in the ring for like one time? I don't know if that's a possibility. I don't know. Hepatitis B is a tough one. No, I agree. Listen, there's a lot of risk with any hepatitis. If anybody gets cut, you know what I mean? Like that's a huge risk. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible to get Nigel involved. But yeah, I just don't know who would be left uh, unless <clears throat> unless you do something totally out of left field and do like a tag match, you know, Bushi and Kenny versus somebody else. And I don't know who the somebody else oh, is. Oh, that could be. Yeah, I didn't even think about like the Golden Lovers tag. 
program. You could. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't mean to clear my voice. Let um, me clear um, my throat. <clears throat> Goddamn. Um, so we get back from commercial and the Mogul Embassy make their entrance. Prince Nana gets on the mic, tells everybody to shut up. And that's when Swerve sort of takes over. He says last week they had to drive the point home by going up to Seattle and visiting the Buddy Wayne Academy to put the fear of God into Nick Wayne. And nobody's going to do anything about it because the embassy is above the law. A.R. Fox grabs the mic. He calls Darby Allen out. So Darby Allen comes down and says he tried to help Fox out. He's not telling the whole story. Uh, he had to, uh, he had to, to leave because AR was down in the dumps. And then look what happened. Fox made it all the way to AEW by himself. And he respects Fox. He'll always credit him for changing his life, but it looks like he has some new friends. But you got to remember that Darby has some friends too. So that's when the lights go down and we find out that Sting is here. He takes... Oh, Sting! sorry. That's right. Sorry. I forgot. Uh, I blame the chat not being up. It throws everything off. It's weird. It really does. It is a very odd feeling. Um, so Sting takes the bat to the embassy. He brings Strickland back up to his feet. He points to the Wembley sign. Shane visibly, you know, scared at this. Um, uh, and uh, runs off. So it looks like Sting's going to be involved in Wembley. I don't know if it'll be tag. I don't know if it'll be one-on-one with Swerve, but looks like we're going to have Mogul Embassy versus uh, Darby and Sting or Nick Wayne or somebody. Who knows? It's Sting, me. Lad. Kev. Okay. Bruv. <laughs> Sting, bruv. <laughs> So, I mean, it is what it is, right? You're going to have to, an event of this size, you would definitely want to have Sting involved with, right? Um, Sting has been doing good in the spots that they've put him in. I think we've all agreed, Sting, please be careful. You are not, you are not a young man anymore. So please just make sure you're not going to kill yourself. But uh, I'm okay with seeing Sting on a card for All In and giving those fans something that they deserve to get live big time big time but uh more importantly uh i'd like to call out this uh mogul embassy this new mogul embassy i think these past two weeks have been some of the best work that they've had with swerve strickland since he's come into the company the stuff that he had going with keith lee was really good and intriguing but that whole thing last week going to the Buddy Wayne school uh, and attacking Nick. Fantastic. Um, the the stories they're weaving together with sort of the history of all these guys, really good. I just really like what they've got going on with the Mogul Embassy now. And who would have thought, again, you have just put the right guy with Swerve in the Mogul Embassy and it can work, and not just two randos who we need to figure out what do they have. I disagree. I thought Trench was going to be the breakout star of all of this. I thought Swerve was going to slowly fade into the background. It's kind of like with the Spirit Squad when everyone like mm. couldn't believe Dolph Ziggler was the one that broke out. Like I'm shocked that Swerve was the breakout star here. True. Really thought Trench was going to be the guy. 
no, a hundred percent agree with you. I I was in the camp of can we just watch Swerve like be on his own because he's great. But if you're this this combination is definitely working, especially with Prince Nana, Darby and Swerve like rivals on the indies. I feel like this could be your Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Like these guys are just in each other's shit for the rest of their careers, kind of thing. Like they they have such good chemistry. They work so well together. They're just two of those guys where everything you're like, it makes sense. I buy all of it. Love this. Uh, love Nick Wayne being a piece of the story. I don't know if he's at Wembley too, but I I feel like the Mogul affiliates is is something that is finally clicked in here and it makes me really happy because Swerve's a, just a phenomenal talent. I, I don't like it when it feels like they're getting held back instead of being able to propel things forward. So good shit here. Uh, all right. And let's see, we're into the main event uh, of the evening. <clears throat> and the main event tonight is Anna J versus Hikaru Shida. For the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, so this is two weeks in a row. We've got the women main eventing. Putting them in a prime spot. Not in that death slot right before the main event. So again, I would call this progress. They have uh, a title and, defense. They have like a, a title defense. Champion, yeah. Sure. A title defense and stakes on the line for the big pay-per-view. So there is a lot going on here. Uh, cutting to the end of this, Sheeta does win by pinfall with Katana with the uh, Katana to retain uh, the AEW Women's World Championship. Awkward moment at the end where she does get um, uh, Anna J down with that Katana, and Parker essentially looks like uh, he's going to put you know Anna J's hand on the ropes or something like that. It doesn't necessarily work. Or maybe he realized I'm doing this right in front of the referee's face, so I'm bailing on it. But they were out of time, so maybe he even, you know, maybe they bailed on it just because they were out of time, whatever they were trying to do. That aside, I thought the match was perfectly fine. Um, I had no thoughts that Anna Jay was going to win this title one week after they gave it to Sheeta. Sheeta's got to be on that card at all in, not uh, Anna Jay. So I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with this now knowing what the stakes were. Uh, the only thing that re we really get post-match is Sheeta telling the camera that she's going to Wembley uh, and they sort of recap the, the remaining qualifying matches for the title uh, at, uh, at Wembley. And that's pretty much the show. Uh, Joe, uh, you're a uh, Sheeta, Mark. Um, I don't have a shirt. You have a shirt, uh, at least one. And look at you now. You're pronouncing her name correctly. It's debatable. <laughs> Even going I, don't know if I own a shirt anymore only because it's like a moo moo on me now. Um, Gordon Post said, like, did Aunt just say she has name right? Yeah, I can't. I can't. There's no chat here. Uh, so it's really weird. Um, also, I forgot to mention before, Kate, I could only imagine what Jesse Ozog mentioned about dangling participles. Uh, oh my gosh that's right also i realized uh shortly after this was not planned that i'm wearing my hulkster uh Welcome shirt media brother yeah. let me tell you something brother i wasn't snorting a whole lot back in the 80s i promise you that i was taking my vitamin saying my prayers brother saying my slur uh, prayers sorry uh <laughs> that's not gonna work for me brother 
I'm going over tonight. I promise you that. Um. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. Sorry, Joe. I, I'd love your thoughts on on this match. Um. Sorry, I got derailed by my 1991 issue of WWF magazine. Um. I mean, there's so much gas in that photo. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I can get across the country on that tank of gas. I like the fact that they make they are making the women's title important, putting the main event slide in. The common denominator is Sheeta, so obviously she's the draw. Um, it was yeah, it was a fine match. I it's super predictable, like you said. It helps set up what we're going, what we're leading into. Um, I'm just now just kind of interested to see what happens with the title, like we talked about earlier. Um, whether she, you know, is a transitional champion for someone's big moment over in Wembley. So, but yeah, I think it's nice to see what a little effort does for the division and booking. And, you know, it gives me a little bit more cautious optimism. Agreed with that. I thought the, the match was pretty good too, man. She did, she did can work like there's, that's never been the issue. Right. Um, and she, she looked great in this. I felt like, this was Anna can sometimes when she doesn't have consistent reps look a little bit rougher around the edges. Uh, but this was a, a better showing for her. I feel like that queen slayer in the corner, especially really, really, really snapped Sheeta down. Um, I'm intrigued by what happens here. Cause it wrestling math kind of tells you Soraya would go over for the moment with her, her home crowd. But like she has had some, severe medical issues like beyond her neck she's i think had endometriosis and stuff so i don't know if she's cleared or wants to or feels like she could hold a a title reign appropriately and i also feel like you just big, booked the big moment at 200 right like this was kind of the crowning thing at AEW dynamite 200 uh do you then turn around and erase that moment to create just another moment for someone like, doesn't feel like Brit should be champion coming out of this. Feels like Soraya should, but I just, I don't know where she's at physically with it. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Sheeta retains and there's some protection in this because it is a four-way. Like, Sheeta could pin Brit and Brit could snap back heel. Or uh, I think we're kind of maybe moved through the outcast stuff because Jamie Hayter could never come back. So... Maybe Tony and Soraya have issues themselves or whatever. So I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this, but I'm I'm excited for it. It it feels like all four of those women deserve to be on this card. So I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah, I mean, um you know, with the stakes that they've now put onto everything, I think that um this all feels good. Right. Um, again, my my uh, the only thing that makes me sort of pause about all of this is um, what will happen after the pay per view at all in and and all out. Right. Because if we just go back to the way things were, we're back to square one. You know what I mean? So I like what they're doing. You know, even though I'm not a big Sheeta fan, because I just I, I I have no problem with Sheeta. She works. She does all her her what she needs to do. 
I just personally find her a little boring. Like, I get that people like her. I've got no problem with what she does. I just personally find her a little boring. So if if they're going to continue to build her and all that stuff, that's fine. But we have to – we said it before about everybody they put the title on. You have to do something with them. And that's my only fear is after we get this, because there are stakes, what are the next stakes going to be and how are we going to get there? That's my only my only fear with all of this women's division stuff. But – is it because they've reinforced it for four years? That might be why. <laughs> it's a fear yeah. that they've reinforced for years and years and years. So it, it's completely it, understandable. It is true. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Don't mess with Texas. It's like, yeah. you know, every time they give us this glimmer of hope, we're like, they've done it. They've overcome the, you know, all of the hurdles. And then it's like, God damn it. You go right back to what you did. But I mean, who knows? Maybe that sign making it onto television for some goddamn reason we can't explain. Put a little, you know, kick in their step. You know. How many matches, how many women's matches do you think make it onto the main all-in card? Not the zero hour, but. I'd say at least two. I think you have to do um, the women's title and you have to do the TBS title. I think you have to. I would say that's probably right. And my guess is zero hour. You probably have Athena and somebody. Um, yeah. Which is which is good. Three three women's matches at Wembley in front of 90,000 people. That's huge, especially when now you're talking about eight talents because you got a four pack for one of them. So so that's my my guess. But we'll see. They are building... Um... They are building to this pay-per-view uh, quite nicely, and we've still got a few weeks. I think there are, if I'm looking at the calendar right, two weeks of television left before the pay-per-view. So that's just all in, and then all out's right behind it. So it's going to be, what I think is going to be interesting for me over these next two weeks is how are we going to continue to build to all in, but now you have to also build off the at the same time, build off the back of that to the to the next week. You know, it's just going to be wild to see how they do that because they've either got to do stuff where it's like stipulations get added to stuff at all in where they'll either run stuff back, which I don't want to see them run stuff back the next week at a pay-per-view, or you're going to have people lined up where it's like you're going to face the winner of this at all out. And they can't do that the week in between. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't be like, oh, uh, All Out just happened on Sunday. It's the Fallout episode, which is also the go home to All Out, you know, and we're going to find out who all the matches are. Like, to me, that doesn't work. Yeah. I really hope they don't do that. But we'll see. They've got a couple weeks left. I also, like, just realized, I wonder where Jay White and Juice are and all this. Well, we'll have to see what happens Saturday night, right? Because they still have to build some stuff with Collision. Because if they're sort of doing what they've been doing, um, you know, they are sort of treating them separately, right? Um, we'll have to find out, you know, what's going on with some people at um, uh, on on Collision. Yeah, I, did, I felt like it was so insane. Jay White wasn't on Forbidden Door. I was like, if they leave him off of Wembley and all out, like they gotta, 
<laughs> I got to figure out what they're doing with this guy. But anyway, just popped into my head. Well, like we, as a Kenny Omega possibility, like Kenny and Jay. I mean, I mean, that is po- it is possible. I mean, they've both got club ties. You know what I mean? So Matt is. tells me now, by the way, Kate, just so you know, Matt tells me now no more, no more too sweeting. It's uh, it's a fake symbol for um, guys who never were really part of the club or some bullshit like that. So now it's the you go back to back. It's like the war dog, whatever. I'm like, Matt, quit fucking around. OK, I'm like, you know, one week you're out on. Yeah, Finley. one week you're oh, out. Fucking Finley fucking sucks. Oh, I'm Matt. fucking this hand job. And now he's all like, oh, my God, he's such a good recruiter. I love the war dogs. Can I also tell you, I was shocked at the at how uh, I did not get a lot of hand job like people. You get a lot of hand jobs? I'm so sorry. Set myself up for that one. We didn't get a lot of Matt yelling at people calling them hand jobs over the weekend. I was a little surprised. It's almost disappointing. It is. It is. But he was in rare form. It was great. All right, guys, that was Dynamite. So let's move on to some of the news and notes out of the week. Some quick hitters. Um, We've been talking about Jade Cargill in passing because we don't know what's going on with Jade Cargill um, after she lost her title. Uh, Well, recently, Tony Khan did an interview with PW Insider And he was asked about her status with the company. And he said, quote, well, Jade's still with us. And Jade has been on sabbatical since her upset. I believe um, I believe title loss after after her unbeatable undefeated run. Uh, And Chris Statlander now is a TBS champion and she's made some great defenses of the title. But Jade is still with us. And I can't say for certain what anybody's going to do in the future. But certainly we value Jade and everything she's done here uh the rumors are that um jade is considering not coming back to aew now that doesn't mean that she's going somewhere else there were also rumors saying she's not going back to wrestling at all maybe going to try doing something like acting or something like that um but it's just interesting that still there's really no hard word on where jade is or what she's doing um, she really did do everything she could with them, uh, and held that title for a long time. Too bad they didn't give her anything else to sort of chew on while she was defending that title. Um, but it is what it is. So the news on Jade is who knows? <laughs> you know, that's the weird thing. But Tony did talk about it. Yeah, I mean, they. it is kind of weird that they put all that stock in her in that rain, and then she just disappeared. It's like there wasn't really any capitalizing on it. Um, but she certainly didn't take any time off during her title reign, so probably needs some R&R. Makes sense. For sure. Uh, some news on the Young Bucks uh, and their contract re- uh, re-signing. Um uh, wrestling agent Barry Bloom, who represents the elite Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, and others, reportedly told Matt uh, and Nick Jackson their deal included more guaranteed money than, quote, any tag team in pro wrestling history had ever gotten, 
And that would include the highest contracts for Kevin Nash and Scott Hall in WCW. So take that with a grain of salt because it really could be an agent sort of blowing up the contracts that um, he helped negotiate for them. But, um, you know, if it's true, good for the Bucks getting the highest deal they could for any tag team in history. It would also make sense because they have an EVP role, right? So sure. guaranteed money for something that is includes corporate would make sense to me. But good on them. And and the other thing too, but the other interesting though, Kate, that I'd uh, that I'd be uh, willing to take a look at would be I don't think I've seen any like firm contract terms come out, but I would be I would wonder if the contracts are for both performing uh, performer contract as well as sort of their backstage contract. Cause at one point weren't those things not lined up. Like I thought at one point it was, they had a contract as EVPs cause they weren't necessarily wrestling yet. And then the wrestling contract came after. So it was almost like two separate contracts. I'd be interested to see if it's now rolled up into one. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. Cause usually the administrative stuff is, employees and then the wrestling stuff is contracts so right that's that's just kind of a weird conflict i know like even at one point like they said renee had two separate contracts which i just thought was very weird um so i don't i don't know what any of that looks like but the guaranteed money piece of it made me think like well yeah because even if they're injured they're still going to be doing evp duties so that that kind of made sense but good for them they deserve it um they're as integral to the company as as anyone i feel like if they left people would feel like AEW kind of lost its its identity a little bit. So glad they're sticking around and they got paid for it. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, they, they are, they're guys who were here from the start. So it would really be a bummer if they went anywhere else. But no worries. They're here for the long term. Uh, following up on some of the women's talk that has been going on over the past week, um, Lufisto sat down in an interview with Fightful and gave some more details, sort of defending her position on what she said about the women's locker room. Some of the points. She set up uh, her appearance on Elevation with QT Marshall. It was supposed to be mainly an interview slash tryout for a coaching position. There was some confusion about medical testing and paperwork. Lufisto is from Quebec and a Canadian citizen, something that will come up multiple times sort of in that story but everything got sorted out in time for her to be at the april 6th show in boston she was greeted at the venue by sean dean then left to wait uh in the locker the women's locker room uh area um it's uh there that she said hi to the bunny who allegedly responded what are you doing here uh, the bunny was seated with Ruby Soho and Tony Storm in the locker room. Jade Cargill was there, seated separately. None of them spoke to her. Mercedes Martinez, who's someone she knew from outside AEW, was said to be happy to see her. And she later says that Thunder Rosa was there and no one was speaking to her. Uh, her priority was to speak to Tony Khan about a coaching position, but she never met him. She said that uh, she had a nice uh, conversation with Mark Henry, Christian Cage, and Dustin Rhodes. There was also confusion about her match, who was working it, uh, if she'd do her entrance, etc. And at one point while waiting, she came uh, upon Rhodes and Ruby Soho and believes they were talking about her, 
Lufisto claims that Rhodes' demeanor toward her changed after his conversation with Soho, with his next words to her being, so all French-Canadian people are fucking assholes, eh? Seems kind of weird. Um, her match ended up being with Bunny and Emi Sakura against Soho, Anna Jay, and Sky Blue. Lufisto was uh, going to start with Blue, so she tried to talk to her about what they were going to do, but it didn't. she didn't get much from her. In the interview, Lufisto theorizes that uh, the reason was because either she's bland as a person or she's not allowed to talk. Uh, nothing major uh, went wrong during the match, but there was some confusion about what Lufisto should do around the finish. When she got backstage afterwards, Rhodes was waiting for her to say she was terrible. She claimed she had to press him to explain what issues he had, which were mostly selling more for the contract talent. She asked some male talent uh, she knew for feedback on her match, but no one had watched it. One of them told her uh, no one watches the matches AEW. The unnamed person also told her wrestlers, quote, pretty much do what we want. Uh, I'm not saying that in a good way. Uh, anyone, uh, another got back to Lefisto after watching her match to say it wasn't bad and she did what she could with limited time. Lefisto also described what she observed backstage as chaotic and remembers watching people sit in the same area wa- while talking shit about each other and thinking, I'm with fucking children. After the appearance, Lufisto had issues getting paid. Those were uh, due to more confusion about her work visa and other paperwork. Uh, but she's barely heard from QT or others she's dealt with since appearing. And other lo- issues Lufisto says she witnessed uh, or has heard about backstage at AEW include women politicking to protect their positions and setting others up to look bad in the ring. Lufisto didn't interact with Britt Baker during her visit, but says Baker is one person she's been told does those things. And men who aren't invested in women's wrestling having power over the division. She also noted that uh, there wasn't a defined power structure at the company. Um, So there were, uh, there were some reactions to that. Um, One was uh, from uh, Rhodes who told her that he read her. uh, He said, uh, read your story. And sometimes as a coach, I have to be very honest Whenever tell you a lie about uh, good uh, about how good or bad it was, sometimes hard love comes out and wouldn't have it any other way. I hope you uh, find what you're looking for. Hashtag keep stepping. He deleted that. Um, also came out uh, Ruby Soho uh, and some others defended uh, the locker room. There are tweets out there uh, speaking uh, to that. Uh, so. Uh, take it off for what it is. It seems like a lot of mixed bag backstage, but if that is how things are, it can only imagine. Uh, I can only imagine that's why this division is so fucking messy because it just shouldn't be that way. Uh, I think what I learned from Twitter and being at Fightful was all of this is Sean's fault for interviewing her was the feedback mm-hmm. that I had heard um well he's generally the problem with wrestling media yeah well and just with wrestling like he's the reason there's issues backstage uh is what i yeah is what i learned um there were people telling him he needs to verify his sources when he was speaking to the source it's just a very very uh bad job by him but uh yeah i mean to me the bigger thing is 
in all of that, there was like a, a thing that Tony Khan kind of had taken sides. Um, I don't give a fuck about gossip or drama or any of that bullshit. I give a fuck if the CEO of the company and the owner and the founder um, is if there's mistreatment that comes from the top. That's my thing. Um, a lot of it sounds like a lot of mixed emotions, dramatic bullshit, and, and that I couldn't care less about. But if people in positions of authority are caught up in it in any way, that's when it becomes an issue. Also sounds like this happened a real long time ago. Um, and Lufisto, I think, is widely respected for her work and I feel like came up at a time where it was really hard to be a women's wrestler and I think has a lot of founded resentment towards things, it sounds like, just kind of in general. This was a very... Um, she was very emphatic in, in the way that she spoke about it and I think she was speaking about issues that also exist at, it sounds like, most wrestling promotions, like politicking backstage and wrestling? No way. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? But uh, just fucking... Go just do your fucking jobs, man. Like, And I understand part of her frustration is that's what she was trying to do, but like, sure. um, Twitter's just rarely a good approach for doing these things. Well, that's where you want all of your, you know, chatter to be coming from Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. It's just a really great outlet for context. It is not a place uh, for negativity. It is not accessible. We all know that. No, no, no. no. It's just a happy. It's, it's a safe, like, yeah, safe space. Safe space. Rainbows, butterflies, mm -hmm. happiness, joy. Well. It looks like they're moving in the right direction. Is all of that stuff backstage uh, fixed? Probably not. Let's hope that some of this, if it winds up being true, is being worked on because they have a lot of talent. They have things sort of going in the right direction. Let's get it all worked out backstage because guess what? Uh, if everything is working in harmony, it's only going to be better for the division. So come on, people. Smile on your sister. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Well, and if you notice, like, there's a whole crop of women that are there and thriving that were not a part of this or there when Lufisto was there. Willow, Sheeta um, was never mentioned in any of those names. Chris Atlander was never mentioned in any of those things. Um, Tony Storm wasn't even there yet. Ruby, I guess, was at that point. But, like, there's also like a whole wave of other women. So I'm hoping that if that was the case, the dynamic has changed just because other people are in the fold now and thriving. So. Yep. Agreed. Folks, uh, we've been talking a lot about all in uh, and over the weekend, uh, Dave Meltzer noted a milestone about uh, their ticket sales or, or advances, whatever. He wrote, uh, All In's ticket advance yesterday surpassed the final number of the famous Hogan versus Andre WrestleMania three attendance at the Pontiac State uh, Silverdome. It is now fourth place on the all-time list of paid shows, six if you include the two shows in North Korea. So it should be noted that WWE does have a history of sort of misleading viewers about attendance numbers for major events. Um, one 
noted was SummerSlam over the weekend. Their announced number was 59,000 plus, but the actual paid attendance figure of the show, according to WrestleTix, which they're pretty much on with some of their figures, were was 51,477. That's a big discrepancy. There's a lot of paper in there. Um, but the most famous example would be the um uh, attendance figure of 93,173 that is frequently cited for Hogan Andre at WrestleMania 3. The observer notes that the actual paid attendance for that event was closer to 80,709. Uh and all in ticket sales have surpassed that. So who knows uh, how far it'll go, but uh, one thing is for sure. It is the largest AEW show that they could dream of. And I remember, I think, when we got the news that this this was the announced show, I think I was capping out at like 70. So this even went past mine. I think, Kate, yours was even a little lower, and so was Ryan's. And I think I was the one who was just saying, I think you're shooting at 70 and you're going to be lucky to hit it, but I think it's possible. So 80,000 plus, that's that's pretty good. Uh, I feel like I had said like optimistically 70 to 80, but like 70 would be a success. 70,000 against what would be a setup for 100,000. Like that's probably pretty good. And they're blowing that way the fuck out of the water. They hit that on the pre-sale, so... Oh Good yeah, I don't think any of us had eighty thousand. You know what I mean? Like, no, that was just wild. An interesting headline I saw, and something we knew was happening. Um, I, I'm going to note the story and then give you the headline because the headline grabbed me. It was great clickbait. But according to PW Insider, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is believed to have signed with the WWE, um, and would be at this week's NXT TV taping. Um, so he's apparently signed. Um, the reason I even call this out is because the headline, which got me clickbaited was former AEW star is believed to have signed with WWE. I don't know if I'd necessarily go there with Brian Pillman Jr. Saying he was a star, but good for him landing in NXT. If that's where he's at, you're thinking more like former AEW superstar. Yeah. Legend probably. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hall of Famer. Generational talent. Generational talent and uh, generation, generational hairstyle. That one traps. I mean, Kate, wrestling hair, I know that's not necessarily your no, bag. That's more of a millionaire, Matt. But if you're going to steal a gimmick, he's up there. Um, I have never cared about this dude, and now I got to review him on NXT. I'm not excited about this. <laughs> I was just trying to talk about his hair. I don't care about him being on that's, NXT. See, that's the problem, though. This guy switched companies, and we're like, his hair, though. Um, well, listen, yeah. let, me, let me at least say this. I think we saw a few times in AEW, um, he showed flashes of what he could be, right? Like, it seemed like he would take three steps forward, five steps back. Like it was just, he would show you some flashes of what he had and then he would just regress. There's just something missing. He doesn't have the charisma of his dad. You know, I think there's talent there. He's got to find something and he's got to be consistent. If they can pull it out of him, good for them. 
they got they they got one but certainly and nxt is the wackiest collection of after school special characters then he'll fit in no i i feel drastically he will not that's the problem like it's so over the top there and he's just gonna come in there and be this little vanilla milkshake that nobody gives a fuck about i don't know what they're gonna do you want to know my here's my here's my prediction and i don't i don't watch nxt i don't watch wwe i didn't watch SummerSlam, you know any of that stuff but if you had if i had to guess because of his look and sort of his personality Kate, my guess is they're going to turn him into a Zicky Dice type character. Good luck. That's going to be what they try to do. Will it work? Probably not. I, I'm just looking forward to either having Pillman face Von Wagner or team with him. Oh, God. That's going to be like, it's going to be Robert Stone with Von Wagner and Brian Pillman. Ugh. Well, Best of luck to Kate having to review Brian Pillman. Oh my god. If he faces Von Wagner, that's actually great for me because I can just leave the room for a minute. <laughs> Wait, it's not a women's match. That doesn't track. No, I didn't say go get something to eat. I said just leave the room. Well, it's sort of the same thing, right? Except okay, in mean, you're actually being productive getting something to eat. That's true. Unless it's just watching paint dry in a different way. <laughs> Uh, so that also came out, uh, April Mendez, uh, former, a, uh, WWE diva champion, AJ Lee, um, uh, has an expiring contract with women of wrestling. Uh, she said, as my season long contract with women, uh, of wrestling winds down, I want to thank the ladies for welcoming me into their locker room, our hair and makeup talk sessions, and constantly inspiring me with their hard work, talent, and genuine camaraderie. I'll try to come back and play sometime in the future. I hope all of you fans keep watching next season to support these incredible athletes and stars of tomorrow. This project is non-union, but while we're here, hashtag WGA strong, hashtag SAG AFTRA strong. So uh, she uh, joined uh, WOW in October 2021 as an executive producer um, and then apparently recently has been bulking up uh, which thought maybe she was going to return to in-ring action, but um, um, seems like that hasn't ha- that did not happen, and she is seemingly retired from the uh, wrestling part of the business. Now, the reason this even comes up is we know where CM Punk is. Is there a possibility that we see April Mendez, FKA AJ Lee, turn up on Collision one of these nights? In any capacity, whether she's wrestling or just going to be like, a, you know, a, you know, a valet. I I would even say backstage. I feel like she could be great. Um, I I hope so. I, I I think she is one of the most valuable, underrated women in in pro wrestling. She's she's actually I think highly rated. She just kind of came in right before that four horsewoman curve, but she she did a lot for women's wrestling in that time period. Um, I think punk has kind of said that like, she, she's not willing to risk her neck health to get back in the ring, but maybe like for one match, I know there was like talks of a, a dream match of 
of her and Punk versus Britt and Cole, um, which is a good way to protect someone, I think. But um, it anytime I think about WoW with like last year was such an insane year in wrestling that the fact that they built WoW to be Tessa Blanchard's rehab project and she completely nuked it was like not even a top 20 story because it was like just Sasha and Trin walked out and MJF almost got on the plate and Steve Steve Austin came back to wrestle at WrestleMania. Like it is insane that they built a promotion around someone who then nuked it from the very behavior that they were trying to be rehab from is like so amazing to me. And she, it seemed like AJ Mendez really pulled back when all that happened and then kind of came back when uh, Tessa Blanchard was fired. So I just always found that very hysterical, but good for big rig Betty and the other women over there at wow that continue to, to move the product forward. But I'm, I'm interested to see where AJ goes next, whether it's in wrestling or not. Like she's been in movies. She's been also in, I think comic book worlds and stuff. We'll see where she ends up. But I, I think she would be extremely valuable in a wrestling capacity to aid AW or any other company. See. Well, she is currently in, uh, stars uh hit drama heels with her husband uh cm punk uh i don't know i haven't watched any of season two yet i did make it all the way through season one and now i'm trying to get into season two i haven't gotten into it yet but listen mike o'malley sign me up mike o'malley do you have it mo um so who knows? I mean, that obviously could be why she was bulking up too, right? Because I think uh, on that show, everybody pretty much does the stunts, right? So um, she's involved in some capacity. I haven't seen the show, so I can't tell you. But we'll see. Uh, I agree with you, Kate. I think in a backstage capacity, she could be good for them with a women's division that, uh, you know, is sort of trying to get back on its uh, feet. Um and looks like it's going in the right direction could be good if she does show up on a tv on the tv in some sort of in front of the camera capacity do we think that moves the needle at all joe what do you think I will at I least mean, get people talking yeah it'll be a quick pop of like a pop of ratings to see her back on tv but no she can't wrestle as much like you know she can't go maybe for a match if that but I think maybe if she leads a, you know, maybe she has a stable, she could do that, you know, be a valet, like, you know, lead a stable and, and do that role. Be a, be a better version of what Vicky Guerrero was, I guess. That could be good too. I mean, listen, all I know is this, if they have Maria Canellis there, if you can get, uh, April Mendez there, um, it could be good for the women for any one of their, brands ring of honor or you know aew or both so we'll see what happens could be good for the men because maybe she'll keep her bitch on a leash whoa whoa easy support women buy a shirt yeah seriously my god <laughs> way to support other women Kate. i do i'm saying she could be in control of cm punk she can babysit him keep him oh. in line <clears throat> all i know is that if she did wind up in AEW, I would hope that AEW puts out their own sort of rumblers type pack where I would see 
CM Punk and AJ Lee or April Mendez instead of I can't see who this other guy is in this pack. Cena. It must be John. It's the joke, Kate. I can't see who oh, it is. Right, it's one thirty in the morning. I'm I lost. I, my brain is dead. Rob Van Dam talked about uh, keeping his appearance a secret. He said, "I was concerned that the surprise would be blown because it usually is, and it didn't get too uh, it didn't get too far out. Even a lot of boys were surprised, and they went through so much trouble to hide me that even after I was pulled, uh, even after we pulled into the garage in my ride, my truck, van, limo, whatever the fuck it was, uh, but they put me in a wheelchair. They put me. Uh, they put a black curtain over top of me." And they pushed me like all the way back to like this room. So I was like, well, I'm not going to fuck it up after they go through all that trouble. And so I just stayed in that room until after I made my appearance. But like I was still seeing guys at the end of the night, Jeff Hardy and Matt and some of the guys I hadn't seen all day, Brian Cage. And they were all they were still surprised. They were like, I thought I heard the crowd saying RVD or something. What? So anyway, everyone kept the, the lid on pretty good. So it seems like AEW does a pretty decent job with some of these surprises because um, we thought it was RVD, but nothing was confirmed. He hadn't been seen anywhere. Yeah, it didn't get me like stinged, but it was a good one. Yep, true. Uh, let's see. Kate, you had mentioned it before, and I'm just going to touch on it. The uh, G1 uh, Climax quarterfinals are set. Quarterfinal one is going to be Sonata, the A-block winner, versus Evil, C-block runner-up. Quarterfinal two is Okada, the B-block winner, versus Zack Sabre Jr., the D-block runner-up. Quarter three final, quarterfinal three, excuse me, is going to be David Finlay, the C-block winner, versus Will Ospreay, the B-block runner-up. And quarterfinal four is Tetsuya Naito, the D-block winner. winner. Versus Hikuleo, the A block runner up. And then quarter, winners of quarterfinal one and two will face off in the semis, as will winners of the quarterfinal three and four. Semis and finals will happen Saturday and Sunday, August 12th and 13th in Ryugoku Sumo Hall. And all shows are going to stream on New Japan uh, NJPW World subscription service. So, um, so, Kate, as you mentioned, Eddie's run came to an end. Uh, but the quarterfinals, I at least call it up, uh, call it out because there is, you know, obviously some talent we've seen in an AEW ring that some people may be interested in seeing wrestle. Um, the event, uh, while I don't watch it, uh, the event is always well received because it is one of the best run sort of tournaments in pro wrestling. They make it really seem, uh, they make it seem like it's real sports, you know, and again, we know it's predetermined and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry to break the wall down like Jericho for you guys. Sorry, Kate, you look distraught. Did I just ruin? Did I just tell you basically that there is no, well, I'm not going to go with that, but you know, I thought that it was real. I am distraught. No, this has been a really, 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 really fun G1. Um, Osprey's just fucking insane, man. What a run he's had. And uh, him and ELP last week were awesome. Gabe Kidd, who we were talking about before in the War Dogs. I still throw out the two sweet. 
Yep. Kind of had like a, a breakout performance here. ZSJ qualifying is good. Him and Naito have history from years past. So them both pulling out of the block is really fun. Um, but it feels like it's, it's Naito's to win from a storyline perspective. The only thing people are mad about is that evil one, but evil and Sonata used to tag together and someone's got to lose to Sonata. So it makes wrestling sense. Even if you don't like it, it's just such an impressive thing that they're able to, to pull off with the G1. And because this has felt like their first full year back in force since the pandemic, like this one mm-hmm. feels like the G1 is back, baby. I like it. And for those of you uh, who've been following or maybe not following, this is where Eddie Kingston's been involved with. That's why he's been off of AEW or Ring of Honor television. He was in the C block and his final standing was fourth. He was 4-3-0 and with eight points. So he did not move on. But a good showing for Eddie. I look forward to him being back in the U.S. and in an AEW or Ring of Honor ring. So we'll see what happens next. Kate, your boy Brian Danielson revealed that um, there is a uh, there is a chat going on, a group chat going on with the BCC, and um, uh, William Regal is still in that chat. <laughs> so <laughs> these guys are just so hilarious. It seems like they all genuinely love each other, um, but. Uh, Danielson spoke with uh, Sports Illustrated's Justin Justin Barrasso um, uh, about the BCC, uh, and it, it it's a pretty good article. Uh, it revealed how much uh, thought Danielson um, have put into what makes the BCC different from other sort of stables and alliances. Um, and he says, you know, basically while others may have said they're sort of like for life. Brian thinks that the current squad really is. He said, I love this group. This should be some should be a group that never breaks up. Mox and I have wrestled since the BCC started. We've wrestled in the championship tournaments last fall. That didn't cause any disturbances in the BCC. That's the story of the BCC. When the BCC loses, we'll shake hands and go back to training the next day. And he uh, also went on to say, our connection as a group feels real. That's because it is. The story is we train together and we make each other better. The reality is that wrestler uh, wrestling together, we do make each other better. Even when Regal left, we didn't break. And he's still in our BCC group chat. That's pretty great. So live in the kayfabe. And the last thing that I have, I believe, is just a real-world note um uh, a real world note uh that uh Rhea Ripley and Buddy Matthews are engaged. So despite what everybody thinks is going on with Dominic, uh she is engaged to Buddy Matthews. Congratulations to those two crazy kids. It looks like they're gonna make it despite Dominic lurking in the background. <laughs> Oh, something that just came through to me. Uh, Full Gear is planned for Saturday, November 18th at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles per Fightful. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, something coming through is uh, it. uh, There's a CNBC report that Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, Discovery Max will launch a live sport tier this fall. Um. Uh, and that has hopes that AEW's pay-per-views or full library could end up on the streaming service. The article doesn't specifically mention 
pro wrestling. However, there are people who uh, believe that that could happen. Thunder Rose is also training for a return, but isn't expected back in time for All In. That's according to according to the newsletter. So uh, hopefully we see Thunder Rosa back at some point. She could be a little shot in the arm. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's everything. A few last minute things coming through the wire. Good shit. Anybody else? Anybody? I had a question on, on the YouTube chat, so I can see that part. So oh. our friend, one LT photo who is going mm-hmm. to collision in Greensboro on Saturday. Ooh, collider. Yep. Yeah. Collider die. Um, what else photo is asking, should their sign be join the Mark order or Mark order podcast in order to, they're going to be holding the sign up, trying to get on TV for you? Well, I will say this one LT photo. Um, I would go with the Mark order podcast. Um, if you decided to, Front and back the sign. I wouldn't hate that either. Um, but I will say this one LT photo. I, th- I think I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again. If you're going to an AEW show, because it doesn't make sense to put it on WWE television, but if you're going to an AEW show um, and you're going to have our sign and try to get it on TV, make sure you send us a picture of you with that sign like before you go into the event just so we're on the lookout for it. And if we see it on TV, we'll get in touch with you because we'll hook you up with something. We'll have you come on and talk about whatever. You can guest host for a night. We'll send you a shirt. We'll do whatever we, we got to do. But um, certainly, I would say yo, at Mark Order Pod, hashtag join the Mark Order. I mean, now you're really, you're really asking a lot. I'm coming in heavy handed with the corporate. I would still like hashtag to support see- women. hashtag uh you know mark order rights are women's rights yeah hashtag um rights for ryan so one lt photo is chiming in saying they'll be front row near where bowens often yells and does his scissor with the crowd all right one lt photo i'm telling you i mean it you're hearing it here now. It's going to live on forever. If you get it on the television, you'll be the first one. We'll take care of you. So send us a picture of your sign. You know, um, that would mean so much. Send it to us. Put it put it on Twitter. Tag us. Use the hashtag. Join the mark order. We'll be on the lookout for that, that sign that night. And if, you know, if we catch it, we'll uh, certainly... Uh, get in touch with you and we'll we'll work everything out but that's and all as always thank you for serving one lieutenant yeah. photo <laughs> that's great i wasn't even thinking that yeah thank that's, you for your service. that's a carryover from from fightful we decided that they serve in the photo brigade but still great thank you for your service yeah thank you for your service one lieutenant photo it's tough in the pit um <laughs> but more importantly uh enjoy the show uh, if you've never been, and this goes for anybody, if you've never been to a to an AEW show, they're a ton of fun, and they especially if you're colliding for the first time. Oh yeah, just make sure you you have your protection because you're going to be colliding quite. Yeah. A bit. Um, but you definitely do also get your your money's worth. Like you know, they do tape before, they do tape after. If you want to stay for those tapings, it's totally up to you. 
but you know if you pay a hundred bucks for example for your ticket i feel you're getting your hundred dollars worth because they'll tape for an hour and a half before they'll do the live show and then they'll tape for another hour and a half afterwards you know so you're definitely not just going for two hours you're going for more well just seeing the stage in person alone is worth their money right I mean, the stage, Asian Joe, the stage is enough to really get you, get you going. Come on. That was awesome. That stage is great. The stage is great. But I will say this. I'm a collider and a kaboomer. I'm not. Oh, uh, I am too. I'm not just one or the other. Yes. Opposing. I collide. And I kaboom. Uh whatever anything else in the chat we should know about asian joe since you're monitoring not really i mean just the usual the usual people so whenever you say your sign off you can just say the usual people just jesse ozog yeah really acknowledge jesse ozog jesse well and we already thanked one lieutenant photo for serving so that's right thank you for your service let's all salute thank you (laughs) uh all right so let's pull this train to the station with some plugs uh, Asian Joe, why don't you lead us off uh, since you're filling in for the disgraced Ryan Sullivan tonight? The yeah, the tropical depression that is Ryan. I uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Asian Joe. Um, in my bios on each of those profiles, you can find a link to my serial blog review blog that I do. So that's where you can find me. Support Asian Joe and all of his endeavors. We love him. We thank him for his service, especially in the cereal uh, space. It's dangerous game out there in uh, packaged foods. I am risking diabetes and health issues and lactose intolerance. Yeah. for For the people. That's right. Kate, tell everybody where you're at. I don't want anybody to find me anymore. Okay. Follow Asian Joe. <laughs> follow Joe's serial blog. Follow Mark Order Podcast, where uh, we'll decide whether or not Ryan's suspended from Twitter as well. But yeah, you can follow me at Miss Kate Vape. I'm on Fightful every day of the week that I'm not here, except for Saturdays and some entity. So go go over there. But don't just leave me alone if you're transphobic okay. and. If you're a fucking nerd about wrestling, follow Joe instead and read a serial blog. Stop okay. tweeting dumb shit at me and do better things with your time. Like read <laughs> Joe's serial blog. I don't want to talk to you, you fucking dorks. Okay, my goodness. That's not anybody in our chat, but just leave me She's alone. He's got a craw, uh, a stick in the craw. My goodness. He's tired of people. Oh, well, hey, more power to you. You sound like Millionaire Matt. Um, his fucking hand jobs. My replies. That's pretty right. good. When was that? Three twenty one forty. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so uh, you can you can find me on at Ant Money on Twitter X whatever it is at Ant Money twenty four seven on Instagram. It's really all I do when I choose to do post anything anywhere. Um. But follow us at Mark Order Pod on all of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, TikTok, YouTube, all the places. Uh, if you go to any of our social platforms in the link tree, you could find links to all those bios. We make it super or 
we may, we find the link tree in the bio and we have uh, links in that link tree to all of our social platforms. So we make it super easy for you to find us, give us a follow, retweet, like any of our stuff. It, it really helps us out. A lot of people think like, how could it help you? It does. So if you take a few minutes to follow us, we appreciate it. Uh, and we thank you in advance for that. Thanks to everybody who's already done it. Um, uh, thanks to everybody who uh, watched along tonight in the YouTube chat, the 1LT photo, the Jesse Ozog, the other regular crew that we can't see in this fucking stream tonight, but we thank you and we missed having you here in the chat. I, I, I'm not just speaking for myself, right? This was really weird tonight, not seeing really anybody weird. chatting along. So, the uh, wave. we missed you guys. Sorry. I don't know what to do we, with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> we missed all you guys here tonight. Hopefully it's back working the right way next week. Uh, because, uh, I got really nervous when we started the show. I'm like, really? Nobody came back this week? That's odd. We must have gotten me too'd. Um, <laughs> uh, it finally happened. I guess it was me talking about... Uh, I come out here every time and I'm like, support women. So if you have a problem with that... It's true. But thank you to everybody watching along. Thank you to everybody who's going to listen in podcast form after the fact. Um if you can give us uh, subscribes, like rates, reviews, follows, or subscribe on uh, YouTube, again, all of that helps us show up in the algorithms and helps grow our base. Uh, and if you guys uh, like what you're hearing and you want to share it with uh, your friends or anybody else who you think would dig us, please share us with the world. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, uh, if you've never watched the videos, if you're a podcast listener, you can find the videos or the bod podcast version on YouTube Music now. I'm pushing that because I was just able to do that. And uh, the cool thing is you can find us and sort of follow us. And uh, you can watch the video version or just hide the video and listen to the audio version. You can also download it onto your device uh, and listen or watch later. So uh, YouTube Music is new. Find us on there, but everywhere else, give us a shot watching on video. It's fun to see all the stupid shit that happens, like Ryan not being able to do the Aussie Open. Everybody else can do it. Ryan can't. Ryan's been disgraced, though, so we're not going to talk about him anymore. Very easy to do. He's also got some sort of history blog that he whitewashes or revisionist history. I don't know. <laughs> Hit up Ryan about it. But he's not, he's suspended from everything now. So you just be careful. Okay? You don't want to get suspended either. Um, the other thing, of course, we're going to plug it one more time before we, we get out of here. If you would like to support us more than just liking, reviewing, rating, subscribing, following, all that kind of stuff. If you have any money you want to spend on us, please feel free to go and buy a t-shirt. Hit the link tree up for a direct link. You can also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. And our four shirts will pop up for you to purchase. Two front prints, two double-sided prints. All the designs are killer. Uh, and as Kate says uh, all the time, uh, if you uh, don't buy a shirt, you don't support women. There it is. There you go. So... Uh, what I can say is it was another great night for the Mark Order podcast. Joe, thank you so much uh, for being able to carry the weight of the disgraced Ryan Sullivan. Um, we appreciate you as always. I won't be here next week. 
I know Kate will be here. Who knows who else will be here? We'll see what happens with future suspensions and things like that. But tune back in next week for another riveting episode of the Mark Order podcast where we'll cover everything in the world. AEW here. On the Shining Wizards Network. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.